This episode of Limit Break Radio Reset is supported by our generous Twitch subscribers, including Talison Trustrike, Ryoko Kulnamo, Marcus Kyler, and LBR Nika. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to support Limit Break Radio Reset, visit twitch.tv slash limitbreakradio and drop us a sub. Food. Reset. Welcome, everyone, to Hi-oh. the new and approved, hopefully, Limit Break Radio. <laughs> With We have some amazing, this is going to be an amazing show, guys. I'm so excited that everybody's here to share with us, with us in this amazing reset of the Limit Break. Um, and I'm here, of course, uh, you guys know who we are, hopefully. I am Nika Kayanian, here with my lovely co-host, Juxtaposition. That's me. How's it going, everybody? And uh, that's our main crew now. So for that's those everybody. of you that are out of the loop, uh, Aniro and Kalo have uh, gotten the boot and we are taking over. So uh, we've decided to invite in some like really awesome and fun people who are going to talk about this game with us. So, of course, you guys all know him. We've got Strife Lightshade from Sarkatana Server back with us. Hey, Strife. Hey, how's it going? And uh, we have my lovely friend Munira Jimeno from Zalera. Welcome. Hi, guys. It's so exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. Yay. And so I'm hoping that we can have like a really good, awesome episode. Maybe a little salt, but not, not that much. We'll see. We'll see where it goes. Um, I know you guys love the salt here on Limit Break Radio, but uh, we're in a new management now. So uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see where this goes. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and flip this over to our studio. Let's see if I know how to do this correctly. Boom. Whoa. Hi. What? You can see us? Yeah. What? Hi. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome. Streaming thing. Yeah. This is is a streaming thing we're doing now, guys. (laughs) Incredible. Yes. we've, We've got faces. Faces are here. Hello, everyone. This is a new thing we're trying this time around. Uh, we're going to show our lovely and beautiful faces on the stream to you um, as and well. <laughs> what? And mine. Yeah, and Juxta's. And Juxta's. For some reason, you're not coming through as loud through Zoom as they are. I'm not really sure why. They're saying Juxta's very quiet. Mm. That's weird. Oh, that was better. There we is go. Oh, I, I moved it up. Yeah. Yeah, his microphone is too far away. All right. Well, that works. So um, we also have the beautiful iCam cycling in the background. For those of you who forgot, we are still from our same exact studio uh, in Sargatana server, Goblet, Fifth Ward, Plot 30. If you would like to come and hang out and be on the stream and hang out on the iCam, please join us there. Um, yeah, that's, that. this is our show. Welcome, everybody. How's everyone doing? Well, I'm doing great. Eager to get back into uh, the failing podcast business 
Actually, no. Now that we cut the chafe, uh, I think now we're going to be on a uh, a, uh, a rebirthing podcast. Oh, oh. I don't, yeah, I don't like the sound of that. Are you sure you want to market it that way? Or? I yeah. don't. I don't want to market it that way. We are. It's going to be sticky, slimy, and we're starting a new battle. Food. So our limit break resets. That's that's where I'm. That's how I'm choosing to market this. Our party members it. dropped, so we lost all of our. We limit lost break. the limit break, and it's resetting. We're starting over. We've gained. I, we've gained two at least temporary party party members who may be around from time to time. So, uh, hello to our new party I, members. Thanks for I coming. Just, on. I just queued up for this. I don't know how I got in this group. Yeah, this is a group of randos, but I'm here for it. No, we're yeah. welcome. We're glad that you haven't already uh, peak quit and dropped party and you know left the <laughs> left the duty. Um, <laughs> So I think we don't have too much uh, news going on other than I would like to give one more, one last final uh, shout out to our Extra Life team. Um, for those of you who have been listening, you know that every year I lead the Limit Break Radio Extra Life team for the Children's Miracle Network charity. That happened on November 3rd, but I really, really want to give a shout out to ND Tex. Um, he has been amazing. He reached the $5,000 goal we had just on his own. Um, and so he pushed our LBR team up to $8,717. Um, and he, the last time I checked, he had $5,065.11 just on his own. I'm pretty sure he's gotten another donation since then. I don't know how he does it. He is a man. And I met him at the FanFest uh, after party. And I'm so grateful that Tech chose to play as part of Team LBR because we could not have reached our goal and then some without him. So everybody, thank you so much to Tech. You are amazing. And uh, I know we talked about next year maybe doing like an LBR versus checkpoint type of deal with uh, with Extra Life. So we'll see where that goes. We'll see where that goes. You know, because like Strife decided not to be part of our Extra Life this year. Uh, I was at a convention mm-hmm. during the day. Wow, mm-hmm. Strife. Mm-hmm. I can't believe you even bothered to mm-hmm. stream. Oh, yeah. What about you, Jexta? Where was your Extra Life? Okay, so we got <laughs> News in the works. We got a whole bunch of new cash. Wait, we're not going to do like a like a production thing there. Like now, what's happening in FF14 news? Perfect dodge. All right, we're like making our own music now. you won't get copyright for that, Nika. That's true. I won't have to worry about that. All right, all right. I guess the first episode we're not doing that. All right, guys, we do have some FF14 news. Um, we they have not failed us in adding more stuff to the cash shop as they always seem to want to do. Um, they've added the Mon- the Mungaik outfit. Uh, I've not seen that outfit before. I'm not sure where that one comes from. Oh, I don't have it ready to put up on the stream, unfortunately. Put it up on the stream. I can. Nico. It'll just take a second. I, I'm not going to. Um, and then the Eastern attire is that stream, is that Eastern attire the uh the stuff that was in uh the the Chinese or Korean shop. Originally. Yeah, Chinese is what I heard. Yeah, originally. and then they finally gave it to us because I know people were really, really wanting that. Yeah. Why? Um, I, it's pretty. Listen, I had three weddings to go to the weekend it came out, and I was like, well, what I have to wear, nothing better buy the new cash shop item. Okay, so then I'm I'm curious. So, do you actually spend a lot of money on cash shop stuff? Because like I've never really certain how much they make off of these things. Because I feel like it's so expensive. It's like eighteen dollars for each of these things. Yeah, it was definitely one of the more expensive things that I've ever bought, but I also probably spend as much money on pastel pink and white dye as I do my sub every month. 
okay so like that's me like i would rather just like have gil in game and like not spend 300k on jet black guy there it's up on it's up on the stream now so like that mungaic armor it's kind of like it's really nice though it is yeah and like the the the, it's really pretty i don't know i think it's pretty the dress is fine i guess but it's not something that's like worth 18 dollars for though but have you seen the boots i mean for like for like for like more than fifteen dollars, I would kind of expect at least a mount or something. Like, yeah, that's true. It should glow. Like if that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know well, that's, that's, fair. that's the Square I... Enix pricing model. Actually, they add five dollars yeah. per glow. Does it glow? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd agree with that, but I just, I don't know. It's it's really nice, but I agree. The eighteen dollars was like a oof. Like when I actually bought it. Yeah, they also did like a Cyber Monday type of sale going on where they took all a bunch of seven dollar emotes and reduced them to four dollars and ninety cents. I don't know if that makes them more worth buying or not, but apparently that was a thing that they did. Obviously, yeah. they're no longer on sale since it's not Cyber Monday anymore. But uh... yeah, see, I, I don't have a problem buying emotes. I feel like those are like fairly unique things, and you have them permanently, and that that feels kind of good. I don't yeah. know. I don't yeah. really have a problem buying emotes. I've bought uh, I've bought two. The only things I've ever bought in the cash shop were just two emotes yeah i think i bought like a couple a handful of emotes at one point i think that's the only thing i've spent so far but they have like 30 dollar mounts and i'm just not sure i will ever pay that unless it's like something that i don't know i'm a diehard fan of or something but just like the random 30 dollar horse thing that came out i was like yeah it's neat but what about uh, like the it, big giant whale if, if, no i'm afraid of if, whales uh, <laughs> wait really <laughs> nightmare and the weekend that those came out everywhere i went i would just had to like have like blinders on i'm like oh this is fine this is fine i think i think if this was the only game i was playing and i was playing it all the time i think i would have already bought the whale just because it's really it's, it's awesome See, I, i'm used to buying nice. uh mounts from cash shops it doesn't really bother me um, what bothers me is that it's so big but it's still only a two-person mount yeah that's what if it was like a four or eight person mountain you can just take your entire party around eureka or something i think that would be worth it that would be amazing but I just feel like two, a two-person mount for $30 when we already have two-person mounts. Oh, oh, the stream alert is not on top of our cameras. <laughs> yeah, I think, I'm I so think good at this game, guys. I, I think it comes down to the fact that there's a lot of casual players in the game that don't always spend the time to unlock the content. So for those players who really want a two-person mount to play with their friends, maybe they're a role player, maybe they're just a new player, and I think this is an avenue for them to just quickly grab a two-person mount and take advantage of that. And for other people, I think it's just the aesthetic of this giant freaking whale, and I think that's why they're taking I don't think they care about like whether it's one or two people. I think they just think it's hilarious. There's wine on it too. <sighs> is there actually wine on it? Yes, it's like there's a wine on it. Oh wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't even realize that. All right. Um, I think they should have just went like full ham and said, "All right, here's a hundred and fifty dollar whale amount." Honestly, honestly, I don't think they could have. I don't think they could have bumped it up that high. But I think they could have gone away with a four player fifty dollar amount or something. They definitely yeah. could have with it. Yeah, and probably. They're already gonna jump the shark with the whale, so <sighs> they should have just gone all the way. Oh, are you really gonna be doing these puns? Is that <laughs> a thing we're starting already? It hurts so much. Oh, I man. am Juxta. Yeah, but oh, this, this a is show. a new show under new management with not new hosts, but new old hosts and but... new fun guests and fun. I... This is going to be a fun show, right? And I am Juxta. Okay, so uh, the the next thing that's been updated in the realm of 14 is the 4.5 patch website. 
Um, so I guess should I pull that up? I don't know how what a Nero yeah, normally just does. Open it up just, and, just open everything. Uh, I can, open it. I can do open that. I can this is do why that. you're the ho- you're the main host streamer. Yeah, I am. Okay. I do. This is hard. How did De Niro do this? All right. So <laughs> we have it's not even cropped properly anymore. All right. We've got a. Uh, we've got. Wow. We've got look, this look, website. Look, look at this amazing. <laughs> I love it. All right, that's cool. A so the patch is called the Requiem for Heroes. We still don't have a release date for the patch. We just still know it's early January. January. Um, but we have not actually heard anything. They currently have it. They have the main scenario button, the blue mage button, and the new dungeon button um, available for clicking on. But the other things are still grayed out. Yeah, I, I would say January eighth is a safe guess. You think so? Eight? Really? They usually drop them on Tuesdays. Say, they never say early in January. It's a Tuesday. And they never say early. They always say mid or late. And That's true. It's, it's not going to be January 1st. And if it was January 15th, that would be mid-January, right? Right. So uh, it may be January 8th? If they say mid, they I usually guess. mean 15 or 22nd. So and then late January would be the 29th. So yeah. maybe January 8th? That's okay, I can get by on that. That sounds that sounds pretty legit. So maybe we'll get it by then. But... uh. I don't know. I don't know how many people like they always have these patch websites, but how many people actually look at them every time they update? Think about it. There's a lot of casual players that don't look at the news, that don't listen to podcasts, that don't watch Twitch. And so for them, they check the lodestone once in a blue moon and they look at it and they go, oh, look, new patch is coming. Click. Oh, that's true. It's so weird. Why would you live your life like that? Because some people are so (laughs) (laughs) I can't even even say it. Well, okay, though, to be fair, there was a multiple people that I was talking to about FanFest. I'm like, oh, you're going to FanFest? Come to our after party. And they're like, what's FanFest? And this was a week before it was happening. And I'm like, do you not pay any attention to anything to do with this game that you play every day? I know, especially when I was like younger and I was playing MMOs, there was a lot of times where the only info I had about the game was either word of mouth or the official website. Like, I just, there was... that's back when like the internet was young and like websites Some people like... are still in that era in fact it's Ugh. not even always younger people sometimes it's older people who never like hit the wave of like you know podcasting communities and stuff like that it's really weird i don't listen but... to podcasts but i definitely i'm subscribed to two final fantasy 14 youtubers that i listen to and that's how i always get all my updates is from Mo- the two of them mooney don't panic but you're on a podcast right now <gasps> oh my god <laughs> You're on a YouTube right now. Wait, and oh, streaming. And no, we're not streaming on no. YouTube, but we usually export to YouTube. Oh. Okay. So technically you're on yeah, all you're, the above. You're on wow. YouTube. What a day for me. <laughs> big steps. <laughs> Reached some big milestones. Congrats. But I mean, to be fair, I know you have your own YouTube channel, so I don't know if that's... A... I, I do things there. <laughs> that's and, our... and stuff or just things? Just things. Oh, okay. Just, oh, not stuff. stuff yeah. Just things. Yeah. All right. Let's get ahead of ourselves. That's cool too. <laughs> What's next, Nika? <laughs> What's next is that um, it's not really FF14 news, but I know a lot of us were really uh, holding out hope for the Final Fantasy 11 fan event that was happening in Japan. We uh, were. Yeah, we were all yes, ho- we yeah. were all hoping that that was going to announce more about the Final Fantasy Mobile version. Okay, um, yeah, for Final Fantasy 11. 11 related. And, uh, but apparently, th- I don't know why this blew up in the States, but according to some Reddit users that actually went to the event, these are kind of regular occurrences. They actually do FF11 events over there quite often. And so for some reason, this one just blew up over in the States as being like a new fan fest for 11 when really it was nothing special. And it was, it was just, just like, the timing. yeah, it was, yeah, the timing of it probably, but it was just like a big hype fan event where people bought merch and talked about the game and that was it. No news, nothing yeah. special. We still know nothing about the FF11 mobile version. Um, I mean, sadness. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you gotta we gotta realize, right? The game's in maintenance mode. People who still are passionate about the game would love to see this mobile port we've heard about for what two years now. I think summer 2016 that was originally supposed to be announced, released, something, something like years. that. It's been a long time. And, and like we haven't heard anything except for the fact that it's still on Nexon and Square Enix's uh, financial report that they're working on it. So other than that, we have no news except for a handful of screenshots. So we know it exists. That's about it. So I it think exists, that probably it exists in someone's probably. mind, but in no, there actuality, are there are screenshots. There are, but that's just someone did work. Someone did something. <laughs> someone used Photoshop. It that's exists. All that... <laughs> it exists in that sense. No, I mean, the, the, there's definitely updated textures and 3D models in there. Some, someone built a prototype of something. We just don't know how how far in it is. But like, if we if we look at their original announcement, everything it. it more than likely, it probably got delayed due to various reasons, and they're just not ready to talk about it yet. But I think people just honed in on the fact that Yoshida said um, that you know news is coming for FF11, and they haven't forgotten about them. Rip that! <laughs> yeah, and like, he, he, people just ripped that. And went so the mobile announcement is soon. Yes, and like, yeah. <laughs> and I think they just kind of went wild with that. And and yeah. since there was a one of their many fan events that you know the next month they went. This is it. And then Ninja, you know, started playing 11. Yeah, and that got true. a lot of people that either didn't know about it or that used to play interested again. And then the private server stuff started being talked about with Nosomi. And I think that all that media coverage of 11 just kind of everyone said, there's no reason 11 will be covered if there wasn't like an announcement coming soon. But it all was just a, just a, a bunch of coincidences. Of yeah, yeah. It was a ripple effect from all that hype. So. Yeah, so maybe we'll hear something about it, but unfortunately, it was not from that event. And I will say I'm a little bit sad that we've been gone for a month, and that's all the news we have for the game. <laughs> um, you know, our last episode was during the during our Fan Fest, our final wrap-up episode, which is really, really good, by the way. So if you haven't checked out our most recent Final Fantasy fourteen Fan Fest episode, you should go check that out at our website and all the podcasting apps that I'm sure you guys already have. What's the website, Nika? What, LemonBreakRadio.com? what we're not see 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 we're still we're still here you know the hosts some hosts are gone but we're still here we're still going strong so you can still find us in all the same places you always find us including all the same podcasting apps and hopefully that this episode will make it to those podcasting apps too once nika figures out what the hell she's doing if you're listening to this on the podcast right now you know, you, it's a miracle. Please Take like send out. me a PM a and like say good job. We appreciate you because yeah, I have no good. idea what I'm doing. All right. So speaking of FanFest though, um, why don't we now that uh you know FanFest is behind us and our episode actually was recorded in between the Friday and Saturday of FanFest, why don't we take a little bit of time to actually flesh out some of our final thoughts on the things they announced at FanFest, the things they announced during the live letter, which happened, you know, on Saturday, and you know, allow our guests some time to to talk about what they're maybe hype about or not so hype about. Um, so I've got a list of some of the live letter stuff here. I think the first half of the live letter was mostly about Blue Mage. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about Blue Mage now, or we can come back to that after we've kind of gone through the rest of this. Well, you've already let us right into the Blue Mage territory. All right. Well, why don't why don't we talk about Blue Mage? All right. All right. Blue Mage well, is our, uh... So, Nika, tell us about what's can we keep special the about Blue Mage. Can we keep the discussion limited, though? <laughs> limited oh like the job? God. Yeah. Let's not go into too much detail. Right, let's just keep it small, simple, straight to the point. 
very niche conversation. <laughs> Clearly, Strive, you have some words about Blue Mage. No, no, I just some words we, just we, are just we, limited. We talk about limited He's limited words. Probably yeah. about fifty words or so. I, yeah, maybe about fifty words or so. You know, uh, I might have more things in the future, but at this time, I can't say. <laughs> Please look forward to it in uh, 5.0. Well, I'm maybe. curious. I've been seeing so <laughs> maybe. Um, so what I've been seeing since FanFest has wrapped up is like while I was at FanFest, I feel like a lot of people were really hype about it. But then I go on Reddit and people were not so hype about it. So what I'm trying to do now is figure out where the disconnect is, like what is exciting about Blue Mage and what is not so exciting about Blue Mage. So we know that Blue Mage is not going to be available for rating it's going to slowly level up it's only going to be level i think 50 they said when it launches and it'll slowly increase over time technically you could do it in the coil of bahamut with a pre-made group oh that's that's true so you can't queue up through the duty finder but you can do a pre-made group can you do like any uh like the duty roulette or anything with randos (laughs) no no that was the one thing they were clear on is that you cannot queue up solo queue with anything and even a partial group is not okay like you, you must have a full pre-made group to do any kind of uh, instanced content, basically, like dungeons or whatever. Uh, so I don't know if that extends to the raids. Hoping if it's, I mean, clearly you can learn abilities from the primals. They hinted at that. So that means you must need a four or eight man group in order to do those. Unless ones. you under or oh, uh, what's it called? The freaking oh, you, I, you unsync it. You unsync it, yeah. and you just go in at your maximum level and go in by yourself or with but, a couple of friends. That should still uh, work. Bitch, we don't know that for sure actually we don't but it should because when you unsync it doesn't queue you up with other members it just queues you up with whoever's in your party yeah it should work. i mean at this point like we could get we it's possible that we could get like special blue mage solo only duties with primals that are just like like a solo duty and you can't actually fight like the actual primal itself you know does that make sense? You mean like more Blue Mage only solo trials? I, I think yeah. in his interview, though, he said that it is the normal trials. and they're just expecting, Oh, did he say that? Yeah, they're expecting that Blue Mages might just group up together or that they might have an actual normal party at that level cap that is, that's doing it. But everyone's just helping out the one person who's a Blue Mage. And then maybe the Blue Mage goes on a different job so someone else can go Blue Mage and they take turns. That's the kind of way they were describing it. Okay, so wait, so Blue Mage can't even solo like the primals? I mean, he's level 50. How are we gonna. Maybe the story mode ones. Level 50 primal. Maybe Blue Mage does like, you know, 80,000 damage at attack, and that's why you can't go with stuff because he's overpowered. I don't think they're trying to make it overpowered in, in terms of raw numbers. I think it's the problem is that the versatility of their kit is so insane that that could be considered overpowered compared to other jobs at that level, but not so much that they're walking around one-shotting things or soloing bosses. You know what I mean? It it didn't sound that way. Yeah, I mean, he did say that they didn't want to put it into raids because you could use, like, level 5 death and then just kill the boss right away. Like, that was a thing they'd mentioned. Although I think he was exaggerating, I hope so, because why would you allow death to work on a boss? I mean, how hard is it just to limit certain actions that don't work on bosses? I mean, already CC and certain crowd controls don't work on bosses, right? Like, how yeah. hard would it be to just restrict certain Blue Mage abilities from working? And, oh, wow, suddenly balanced, like, or pseudo-balanced at least, right? I mean, that's all you would need to do. It seems like they're just very cautious with this, and they maybe don't want to go into the effort. But I think if Blue Mage is popular and everyone continues to use it in content that Square didn't design it for. Like, if people keep forcing it and, like, doing pre-made dungeon groups with it and and it's very, very popular, maybe if, you know, we raise our voices and ask on the forums and do all the normal stuff after a year or two, they, maybe they'll consider, like, 
adjusting it to be normal, but I doubt it. I think they want this content to be, at least at this moment in time, I think they want this content to be separate, to be something that stands alone. I, they even said the elemental weaknesses, which they removed from the rest of the game, work while in the monster carnival and doing all of the yeah, uh, that's true. the events for Blue Mage, which is different. I don't think elemental weaknesses work anywhere else in the game right now. So did they so. did they say that Blue Mage was going to be forever limited? Are there going to be other limited classes that come out eventually? Like what what's what? I'll they deal with they that. hinted that it was a new it was a new classification for them. Which means, yes, there is the potential. I think he even listed examples of other jobs from this They said year. Beastmaster uh, and Puppet Master, Master Puppet were Master. examples oh, yeah, of things right. they could do limited job. Right, because they yeah. didn't think they could do a, a pet-based job like Puppet Master in the way that it needs to be done uh, in I mean, 14. Just think about Beastmaster. Like, I remember in 11, you could charm enemies, right? That wouldn't work in, yeah. in, the, in I, the overall scheme of this could, game. Kind of confused why Puppet Master wouldn't work though. I mean, you'd have to give it the Red Mage treatment where you kind of adjust or like summoner. the meaning of it. Yeah, Summoner, exactly. Like it's they, I guess they you just don't want to have like a, a pet based job because they know how awful their pet physics are in this game. Uh, That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, the summoner has a lot to be desired. <laughs> it's a biomancer, let's be honest. Yeah. So are they calling it a job? It's a new job. They're calling right? it a limited, limited job. A limited job. And they say it's the so first limited job. So I was wondering if that meant more. that there will be more, if it just meant it's a new classification. So we're just calling it the first we, limited job. All we know right now, it's a new classification. There could be other ones in the future. He listed some examples like Pup and Beastmaster. That's all we know right now. It made me think of Pokemon, like you're learning monsters moves. That's the first that's, thing that came to my head with it. I, I think that's what this content's designed for, right? It's it's to give people a reason to go out into the field again. Yes. Uh, without without forcing you to do old content, quote unquote, yeah. like they did with some of the relic grinds in the past. And it's and it's also a, just a different activity. Like a, a couple of people in the chat are saying, and I know a couple other streamers have said this already, that they consider Blue Mage content, not um a job. And, and, and to an extent, I think that's true. I think the question is. Does it stay, does this limited job stay as a tool to do side content or does it grow into a normal job eventually? Or does it like what, what will happen? And I don't even know if Square knows right now. I think uh -huh. they know they want to keep it limited right now. I think that's their current plan. But if enough people like it, enough people play it, enough people bitch and moan, it is 2018. It could change. Yeah. I don't know. I think that. Uh... I'm not saying it should, by the way. I'm saying it could. I think Blue Mage <laughs> is always going to be two expansions behind. So. In uh, two years from now, when we get 5.5, we're going to have uh, Blue Mage get 10 more levels and bring it to 60. You think it's only going to grow that much? I don't think, I don't think it's gonna ever going to be as I big. mean, it, it, I think it has to be one expansion behind. Otherwise, they risk letting you in a pre-made group as a Blue Mage for current content. And I think that scares the shit out of them right now. Yeah, yeah let's, you're let's right. Let's see what it looks like when, they, when it comes out. Let's see how crazy the kit actually is. They said they have about 48, 47, 48 abilities, and you can pick... 24 of them i think or something crazy i think th it was roughly those numbers i gotta double check those but so it was like 40 something total abilities for level 150 and 20 something that you can socket it and like select to use in your action bar right i know they so, said that there'd be a lot more than we'd expect there to be that was they actually listed the number i think in the in the live yeah. letter but it, it was like 40 something total that you could learn but not that you could use Ryoka it says 49 time. 49 great so there's 49 abilities you can learn and you get a subset of those to use at one time. And I think the idea is that you change that subset when you do the mo monster uh, carnival or whatever it's called to try yeah. to mm -hmm. yeah, kill different things. So, again, that's interesting. That's fun. But let's see how crazy it gets in a dungeon before, you know, let's see how that shakes out. Because Square doesn't have a long QA cycle. They've said it themselves. They only do, like, 
a week of God mode and a few other days of testing, like, and it's all internal. They don't have players come in and do it. They don't have a public test realm. They don't, they, a lot of times the first time they see something crazy is when it goes live. So yeah, yeah that's why there's worse, always like hot fixes and emergency patches within yeah. the first few days. Of a patch. <laughs> yeah. so, so regardless of what happens, we don't know how unbalanced this is. And I don't even know if square knows until it comes out, which is why they're probably being cautious. Yeah. Let's see how this shakes out. If this isn't as crazy as they thought, maybe not right away maybe maybe it'll change maybe it'll stay as side content maybe it'll change i don't think i don't think even square knows right now yeah Yeah, i mean because this because blue mage isn't coming out with the expansion it's coming out with the next patch in january so i just i think they did that purposely yeah probably um they wanted it to get some time on live and they also wanted to give side content for people to do during the burnout period at the end of the expansion yeah there's always that time where like okay all the main story is done there's like months now before the next expansion comes out what can we do blue mage because you know why because every move they said is going to be very difficult to learn so what better way to distract the entire player base by giving them blue mage and then making them spend the entire three months learning moves yeah, I was just super know. blown away that it was coming out in January. Like, that's what got me. It was like, new new job. And then it was like, in January! And everyone lost well, their minds. Okay, well, do we, we know it's in January? Yeah, or yeah. yeah. They, they said 4. it was 4.5. It's 4.5. 4. 4. 5. It's at 4.5. 4.5? Yeah. 4. 4. 5. Yep. Yeah. Not 4.55. <laughs> Correct. Well, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> they could push it. Push Are it. you <laughs> sure? Not 100%, but we have... I don't believe you. I think it's... I honestly think it's the initial patch because the ones they have highlighted right now on their teaser website include Blue Mage. Usually they don't highlight the things unless they're the ones coming out first. However, their live letter is next weekend. So usually I said. So the live letter is next weekend. So once this live letter comes out next weekend, we'll know the final details of the patch and the breakdown of 4.5 versus 4.55. But generally, based on past expansions, I think the only thing that 4.55, like the the 5.5 patch, usually includes is maybe something for the gold saucer. It's going to be Eureka, right? A prim- it, it usually includes a primal, something ah. for the gold saucer, and uh, the last pieces of the main story quest. It usually doesn't include anything else. Usually everything else for the 4-5 patch is front-loaded. That's, that's true, happening. but I'm not sure that they do that with because they didn't have Eureka last go-around. So. But they had, uh, but the, yeah, you're right. The No, but they had, uh, uh, what was the other thing Theodem. called? Theodem. Diadem. And Diadem was, I think... That was a special case, though. I think that was... That was six. But that was the same thing. Six. I think that was 3.5. I don't think that was 3.55. And I think that was their, their thing. They I think they that. took it down in 3.5 and then put it back up for 3.55. Somebody said Viera in the chat. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, we, yeah, can, we can move on and continue to talk about that. Yeah, um, we also got the uh, 24 man returned to Evilist, and that's not highlighted. Yeah, it's not highlighted, you mean, like, on the website? Yeah, on the website. And we also have the the Primal's not highlighted, and he's going to be in 4-5. Because, because they... Well, they always do this with their websites. They have these patch updates. They they drop a few things front-loaded, and then they kind of, like, will randomly update the website and then make a big lodestone blog about it. So, yeah. yes. Look forward to Blue Mage in 4-5-5. The <laughs> prediction right here. I don't... I don't. Okay, well, is that your Juxtadamus prediction? Juxtadamus First says, prediction of new show? Curb your, curb your hypothism. You <laughs> you shall not curb my hype. Well, we're getting okay. Well, we're getting the next return to Ivalice, um, the Orban Monastery, which I have been informed is from Tactics, which I haven't played unfortunately. Um, but oh I'm assuming it's literally the best one. It's I'm, literally the best Final Fantasy. I've heard that actually. I plan on playing it. I just I just haven't. You call yourself a fan? Um, hey, wow, rude! Oh my, oh my god. god. <laughs> 
Um, but I am assuming, and I like people are saying, oh, Vieira, hint at Vieira, Vieira reveal. But I mean, I'm assuming that we'll get a glimpse at Vieira in the new Ivalice, but they haven't really told us that we would. Um, we did get like bongas and stuff in the previous one as enemies. So maybe they'll have Vera characters in this one so we can get it. I mean, because that's what they did with Yugiri, right? Before we got all raw. They gave us, she kind of like showed up and she's like, oh, Doma's in trouble. I'm here now. And then didn't even show you where her face looked like. And then all of a sudden yeah, it's like, was like, hey, like here's a my face. Bunch of patches. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I mean, that's true. This is, there's only one more patch left plus the 0.55 patch. And since VR haven't been officially announced, I'm sure they're saving that for like a fan fest in, uh, in Europe. So that's like one of their big announcements. Actually, they 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 said we were gonna see a glimpse of it in um. In Did the they? Right. Did they say serious? that? Who? They've where would they say that? They've said it. Where? in a, I think it was a live letter, but they said we might be seeing uh. A preview of the new race in uh, okay, something because they definitely didn't say the words Vieira. Um, all no, they, they did, did was just <laughs> zoom in on his Bugs Bunny shirt over and over again. They did not, they did not say, say Vieira, but are we sure that no. it's going to be a preview I'm... of Vieira or a preview of the new Beast Tribe? Oh, or the I think new the Beast Tribe, I'll cry. I'm the pretty confident. New race of Viranga. <laughs> I'm pretty confident, just like we saw, uh, was it Yugiri's? face at the end of uh, a Realm uh, Reborn's patch, I'm pretty sure because of the evilest raid, we will see a Vera. Oh my god! I mean, okay. We'll see one. I don't think we'll see so, a lot. So, It'll be like a glimpse. It'll be like there's one that comes in and saves the day and goes, oh hey, and then leaves. Something stupid. Okay. Yeah. Maybe like an NPC character to come that is Vera. So, they- Mooney, by your excitement, am I uh, assuming that you're going to be turning into Vera or no? 500% I wanted to be a VR when I started playing Final Fantasy fourteen, only to turn into Amigo because it's the closest thing I could get. <laughs> That's fair. I'm so hoping like, see... So you wanted to be a bunny settled for cat? Yeah, okay. basically. See, I'm okay. So for those that follow us, everyone knows that I'm a big fan of the strong warrior woman type trope. And uh, unfortunately, Mikote just don't do it for me. Um, I really like the Highlander females and the Rogadin females, which is what I am. Um, I was really disappointed in the Ara when we got that race because they showed the men and he's tall and he's lanky and he's not very human-like. And I'm like, man, he's cool. What do the women look like? And they look like Makote with horns. So They're this big. They're <laughs> like love, this big. I love the female Ara. I mean, the I best, think they're the okay. They're perfect waifus. What more can you ask? <laughs> oh, oh, Excellent. I, I think they're okay. I just feel like if they're going to make a new race, I don't just want another like hume midlander with a tail i want it to be i want it to look not like a human character or a makote i'm so sick of makotes because to me makotes look like big pop stars like j-pop stars and i feel like if you're swinging around a big ass axe you're gonna have some meat on your bones like you're gonna be muscly you're gonna be huge even in a fantasy world okay give us muscle sliders muscle sliders please in jrpgs though look think about the art styles in jrpgs it's almost always slim like young adult late teen, but it's my like, immersion like, like okay you but want those big your western immersion has nothing yeah, yeah you're, what you're, if big bulky male characters are almost always like a western rpg trope and never like japanese i, know. So I don't know why you're expecting it i know you're lucky you got she hulks nika yeah. what if yeah. one of the clans is buff and one of the clans is cute i'm like, okay with that I'm okay with Would that. Would that be perfect? Would I'm that okay make with everybody that. happy? Because I like, know not a gender thing, one. but like a clan thing. I would be okay with that. 
no, that's a great idea. They should actually have the they should return back to form with uh with uh Gulkas and uh the Mithra. So they should have male bunnies and then female I don't know something small like another Taru or something. That'd be perfect, I think. You mean have like male, two new races that bunny. only have one gender? <laughs> and then they just only give us male Vera and disappoint everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I would literally unsub. I'm actually very curious what the male VR will look like because I know in lore they exist, but you never really see many there of them. Is, there is one piece of concept art ever created. Really? Yeah. One. Wow. Just one. Just one. And I'm assuming that they and would give us males. Art. Well, yeah. yeah well, maybe not. I mean, in 11, maybe that's not. like what Juxta was referring to. That was like back in 11, Galka were only male and Mithra were only female. And then when they uh, originally started um, Final Fantasy 14 1.0, the Rogadin were only male and the Mikoti were only female. And then people eventually were like, no, this is dumb. Give us more. And then they introduced Merlewib and I lost my shit. And I switched from Ulda to Limsa just for Merlewib because she was the only female Rogadin in the game. And she's amazing. Nice. And then when 2.0 dropped, they, they dropped the male Mikote and female Rogadin as playable races. And I instantly switched and have never looked back. So, I mean, I really like those kinds of characters. And I'm just really hoping that even if they're not buff per se, I just don't want them to look like a Mikote with bunny ears. Yeah. You yeah. Know, like make them tall, make them lanky, have, give them that like curvaceous thing that Fran's got going on and like make them look yes. not like, not like Mikote. I'll be happy. Yes. I'm going to laugh when it's just Moe as fuck and you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah if, if, seriously like i'm hoping i'm so optimistic right now for it but just watch it's gonna come out it's gonna look like a makote with ears and i'm gonna drop mic and walk yeah. away on on camera it's gonna happen <laughs> like... forward to it <laughs> oh, also just so everyone knows at home uh we are taking calls so if you want to join in on a conversation about blue mage or viera uh join our discord at uh, limitbreakradio.com slash discord and uh start talking in the lbr calls chat and i'll uh get you on and uh, it'll be great from there all right just uh yeah i forgot there. about that we are taking calls um yeah so i don't have much else to say about viera so I'm hoping that I I have been happy with all of the previous Evilise raids. So I'm assuming that this one will be just as exciting and fun. They have the the guest uh, raid designers in on this one, and they seem to be pretty awesome. I can't wait to do my third 24 man this expansion. <laughs> I, re- yeah. I, re- I really wish they would uh they would bring in that that designer, the guy who's done tactics and all the Evilise stuff. I wish they would bring more people like that on full time. I would love to see. Yeah, instead uh, of just as a guest. I would love to see the Evilis and Eorzea like kind of expanded. That would be really cool. That would be nice. I'd be down for that. Um, they also talked about during the live letter the next Eureka, which is Eureka Hydatos. Is that how you say it? Um, I'm assuming that's the water element. That's what I'm. Oh, uh, it's actually uh, fire wind. It's like a combination of the two. What? It's Greek. We already have a fire Eureka. No, Hyda means fire wind. It's like when you mash them together and toast means you're going to stub your toe during it. Uh, God damn it. <laughs> All right. Was that completely bullshitted? Or... <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even tell with you anymore. Um, that it's going to be the next um, Eureka, but I this is the first Eureka I'm really behind. Um, I have... I, with Animos, I kept up with and I got like four relic weapons and two sets of armor from Animos. And then into Pagos... I managed to just get one weapon. Um, but in, in, what's the new one even called? 
that's currently out? Pyros. 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 Thank you. I've been in Pyros. I've gotten like five levels maybe, and it's just, it's it's rough. Py- Pyros seems a lot better because of those logos actions. Honestly, I haven't Does it? it. I'm still in Pe- Pegos, but every time I watch a stream and I see people playing in Pyros, it looks like those logos actions make it a lot more uh, interesting. Not. Great, I'm still a little confused. Like I've picked a few of them up and turned them into actions, but if you actually place them on their on your bar, they only last through that duty. And then once you leave, you lose them. So you have to keep them if you don't want to lose them. And I just I haven't learned enough about what they do to know if I want to keep them or use them. So I've just been dropping all of them into the pot and be like, "Yay, new move." <laughs> Probably not a good idea. Yeah, maybe read a guide. You yeah, know, probably. But when I first was doing it, there wasn't any guides, and I just haven't. It's so hard for me when I go back to Eureka. It really is. Right. Last time I did a Eureka was on that uh, stream with uh, you, Nika, that uh, oh. we went through it. You mean like I, the very the first... very first day it came out? Animos. Whoa. Yeah, Animos. That's the first and last time I ever did Eureka. Wow. Good for you, man. And I'm Deep kind thought. of interested in the Logos things in Pyros, but because I didn't do Animos or It's impossible Pagos, to catch up now. Like, yeah, I can't it's do it. It's funny. it's funny because like most of the streamers who've been doing it all the time are saying, no, no it's not impossible to catch up. And, and uh, what is it? Yoshida said, I think, in the interview recently that, you know, he didn't expect, he expected exactly your two reactions. He expected that a lot of people would go in, not fi- find that they don't like it and just not bother with it. But now a ton of people are doing it because of the relic weapon. And he's sitting there like, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't know why everyone's doing it. And it's like, well, <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder why. Oh, if you geez, put a glow man. in there, of course. Glow in hairstyle. For real. I mean, Glamour uh, is this the true end game of this game. Yes, it's, it's, exactly. It's sad, though. Like, I feel like I want to play a game where, like, Glamour is equally as important as actual end game. And I just don't um, feel like this is there yet. But I think in any I think in any theme park MMO, like when you hit the end of the vertical progression, that's kind of your next step. It's like you get your best gear, you're happy. And then you're like, all right, now what looks cool? I mean, that that's just the normal cycle. I guess. I guess. But, you know, my criticism of this game has always been that there's just limited variety in the end game so yeah you know we'll see what happens going into the expansion i suppose well there's now that end game crafting with the yeah that's true they did talk about that i don't think i put that onto this here Uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry i know know you're new here but uh in limit break radio we always shit on crafters and gatherers Uh, this is a new show this is our limit break has been reset we no longer I'm have sorry, to shit on is, crafters anymore. that is a passive trait nika and it does not matter what our limit break <laughs> I, is at. i don't, I don't Do think not you shave my out. leaves and my berries okay oh, i will no. make you a gosh darn pie oh, <laughs> yeah, we can trade stuff when world visit comes right she's going to come visit us and get deliver yeah. you a pie personally can you trade items? I don't think I you think can. they said you could. I'm going to put a dodo in your house. <laughs> you can't have an auction house. Yeah, you can't, but I'm pretty I, sure you can trade stuff with people. Just let me have housing access, and I'll put all the food down, and then I'll just leave. And then you'll be like, wow, look at all this raid food that I can eat, and it's helpful. And yeah, that I would be helpful. <laughs> Were they doing the world visit in the patch or in the expansion? Yeah, 4.5. The world right? visit is yeah, also world visit yeah. and the shift and of the data center. The, the shuffle are both the are shuffle. both coming with four point five. So <laughs> we can shuffle. we the can talk about shuffle. this for a hot second. People were so mad. What so why? Mad why about... would they be mad? <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. It's... Well, okay. So <laughs> look, look, it's not like they're taking away their home, right? They're just moving their home to a different place. Yeah. Okay, so what I was hearing on Zolera was that everyone was like, oh, we're being... Oh, hey, hang on, wait, wait. Banished to the Shadow Realm. 
role players get banished to the shadow realm. <laughs> that that is true. Wait, they are. are you a role player? What? Are you a role player? Um, I dabble. Oh, you're banished to the shadow realm. <laughs> Bye. This is. <laughs> anyway. Oh, there's another sub. Oh no. Oh no words that time. Okay. Strife. Oh, strife. That was you, man. Okay. Um, <laughs> let me continue. Um, I was, like, I was right, just stop. saying that everyone on Zalera was unhappy that we were going to be lumped in with like all the other role play heavy servers because it's we're not technically. Or oh wait, so is Zalera the one that's being moved to Crystal? Yeah. Oh, so we won't Bye-bye. be able to talk to visit you unless you move back after the world okay, visit bye. thing. Okay, peace. Yeah. I guess I'm being banished to the Shadow Realm anyway. <laughs> so it's nice. yeah, peace. Yeah, I mean, the biggest issue is it's splitting up a lot of statics. And so, because uh, yeah. ever since the Crossworld things come out, like, you, there's not a real need to have, like, a free company static group anymore. And so what actually happened in my group is seven out of eight of us are staying and one is being banished. And so it, it's kind of, I feel really bad for him because he really wants to stay with us. But the thing is, is that he has been on the server since, like, two point something, him and his wife, and they have friends there that they've been playing forever. So then it comes down to, does he forcefully move him and his wife away from their friends to come play with us when his wife is not in our group? It would just be, he'd be moving her away from friends for us. Or does he leave oh us God. to stay there? I, oh, my God. It sucks, not even, right? Not even to mention, like, if they have a house or an apartment that, that, gets, that leaves when you get yeah, transferred. I- I think if it wasn't for housing and apartments, I don't think this would be as big of a deal, honestly. I mean, yeah, it sucks when you have to leave some friends behind, but usually you can convince people if you're going to move, like, hey, let's all move as a group, and it's not usually a a huge deal, at least in my experience. Like, moving service usually isn't too dramatic in that regard, but once you involve, like, a house and an apartment and stuff that's locked to the server that you're going to lose, it gets a little little dicey. Yeah, Yeah, that's true, especially because housing has just been, like, the biggest thing anyone's cared about in this game since its inception. Me. So. <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, the the thing I worry about is that you know they're doing this because they want to like kind of even out the load on the data center portion, which it's a virtual data center. It's not even a physical location, so that's weird. But regardless, they want to even out that load for whatever reason, which is fine. But now because they're doing this, a lot of people are just gonna transfer back during their free transfer weekends. So yeah. I don't know how. I'm hoping that their overhead is due to the number of servers in the data center and not due to the number of people. Because mm-hmm. if it's due to the number of servers, this still helps them. But if this is due to the number of people, this could end up just being a wash if everyone just like... Transfers back transfers to Ether back. Uh, yeah. Primal. Or even if it's just a large number of people, it doesn't have to be everyone, just a, a significant number, like 30% or something crazy transfers back. Yeah, it, it could just be a wash for them. Depends on why they're doing this. But they didn't get too into the technical details, so who knows? Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I guess we'll have to see, but... I just, I feel really bad moving, you know, forcing our, our main tank, actually, which is why this is a big issue. Uh, our main tank, you know, for him to come and stay with us. And then he has to forcibly remove his wife to come with him. And then they leave all their friends and she doesn't have any friends on our server. So. families and statics apart. They are. They're ripping cool. families apart. Think, please. I mean, they're giving you free transfers. I know. But... Yeah. You still have to go. Like it's yeah, still, they're kicking you out. <laughs> you, you like it or you get the fuck out. That's that's the, that's the policy now. But it's still sad. Yeah, I didn't. But don't worry, you'll have bunnies soon. That's true. Bunnies. Yeah. Is a... I mean, maybe bunnies. maybe that's why they're giving us blue mage and bunnies now because that's the two things everyone's they're been like, wanting. It's like compens- compensation for fucking up everybody's group. I, I think they just don't want to release. I think they just don't want to release too many jobs at once, and that's the only reason blue mage is coming early. 
May, or just because it's content, not a job, like you were saying. Like, yeah. it really is just, you know, t- I think really right. I'm, what I'm going to do with it is just kill time until the expansion drops well, with Blue Mage. Remember, what's going to happen is the patch is going to drop in January. And with except for one mini patch, the 5-5 patch that adds the rest of the storyline, mm-hmm. you're going to have no other content until June. So that's a, that's a six-month gap with the only break being halfway through getting the uh, the story bit, which is, what, two, three hours? So yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, though, because then you'll, but they'll be dropping Eureka halfway through this time, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. If you're into that kind of thing, if you're, Gosh, if you're I love remember, but but Yoshida said niche <laughs> content. Like he's he surprised so many people that are doing it. That still blows my mind. Like when you tie the relic weapon, which everybody cares about, to yeah. Eureka, like so many people are going to be doing you it. You can't say that anymore. Yeah. I- he, I'm just saying what he said. He's doing it. <laughs> he's, he's still saying it. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Cool, dude. Um, they also are giving us another Rival Wings. That's PvP, right? Um, yeah. I think I tr- the, the MOBA, the MOBA front line. <laughs> the MOBA kind, yeah. yeah. I think I tried it once and didn't understand what was going on because nobody likes to help you in PvP. They just kind oh, of... It's just like a real MOBA, so they succeed in their goal. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. I just kind of go in. I'm like, I'm new. And they're like, follow. And I'm like, okay. And I, yeah, I have no idea what's happening half the time. Same. Same. So I just get into the cool m- machines and uh, blow up people. So that's all I do. Yeah, I tried that, but then I think I wasn't supposed to get in the machine like someone else was supposed to. <laughs> and I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna shoot things, guys. Okay. Murphy's is... law: what can and will go wrong does. Oh, Absolutely man. does. Um, we're also getting custom delivery things for the gold saucer. I'm not entirely sure what this is going to entail. Does it give yeah. us like MGP for doing it, or <laughs> I guess probably? Do we need any more sources of MGP at this point? Yes. Yeah, I need, important. That, I need that silly little green uh, mount really bad, and I'm probably gonna get yeah, it. In, like, I like waste. Years, but... Yeah, I spent my first million MGP on the cloud card because I really like collecting the, the triple triad cards. Oh, see, I just I just give them to the NPC, and I'm like, give me MGP so I can thank you. So now I'm saving for the mount. Yeah, so I I have like 700k now, so I'm really close to getting Fenrir finally. But- uh, we talk about how there's like this unknown addition to the gold saucer, and they don't want to talk about it. Wait, did they say that? Yeah, it was in the live. They're like, yeah, there's gonna be oh. one's bigger, but we're not ready to talk about Blitzball? it. Blitzball. Blitzball. That's that's everyone's guess. I have uh, wanted Blitzball on this game for so long. However, I think we talked so about bad. this like a long ass time ago when they first talked about Blitzball. I feel like. This could either go one of two ways. It could actually be a really awesome PvP style event where you form teams and you play against each other, or it's going to be a solo yeah. event where you tell the team what to do and watch them play. <laughs> oh, okay. God. So picture Lords of Verminion, right? No, no, no. underwater. <laughs> no, and there's no everywhere. No. Oh no. You know, I'm also, still confused. I'm still confused how they fucked Lords of Vermilion up. <laughs> I I just want to say that I'm still Why? confused because like you know other they games made that, it, they made it Lords of Dominion and not Pokemon. Yeah, that's like when you know when Blizzard wanted to add you know the stupid something to do with the non-combat pets, they said let's just make it Pokemon. And then when Square was going to do that, I'm like they're going to make it Pokemon. I'm excited or Monster Hunter stuff. I don't know. Like, what I mean, are they gonna you do? remember? I don't know how long you guys played FF11, but to that pancreation thing that came out where you could literally like take a picture, so take a picture of a monster, set it in the arena, and just watch it beat on other people's monsters. It, like it really was no point to it at all, but people love the shit out of that. Like, I I think that game had such 
I think there was a lot of reasons people love things in that game. And I think a lot of it came down to, oh, does this not take six hours of my life? Oh, thank God. I love it. (laughs) I think any time they released something that wasn't like, oh, you're going to level down and hate yourself and you require a large group and all the other problems that came with older MMOs like pre-2004. I think anytime something was quick and easier to do, people just jumped for joy. So, I mean, I'm not saying bad. I'm just saying I think a lot of the hype for certain pieces of content that game got inflated just based on circumstance. That's true. And what Heaven's Fury is saying is kind of what I'm going for. He's saying that's going to be the difference between FF10 Blitzball and FF102's Blitzball. Where in FF10, you played Tidus and you played the one character on the team. And then I could imagine that being a thing where the other players on the team are actually real players that are controlling their own player. Or it could be like FF102's where you just pick your team, put them in a roster, kind of choose the battle strategies and say go. And then watch them. Hope it's at least controlling one person. That'd be nice. That so that would be nice if it's if it's an actual like PvP. I will play nothing else in this game but Blitzball. <laughs> but <laughs> imagine, imagine you need it's a team. Blitzball. Imagine you need a team. It's like oh, you got to grab your static and sign up for the Blitzball. Yeah, I would love that. I would love that. I would play the heck out of that. I- I'd like it, but I'd be so aggravated at the same time. I'd be like, why square? But why there'd probably be like a do, like a queue for it too, for like ran- like I could imagine there being. Well, yeah, because there's no way to enter things in this game without queuing for them. <laughs> right, oh, that's true. But I I feel like thinking about how tens was, you could just play regular blitzball matches, or you could play tournaments. And I feel like what it would probably be is the regular matches you could just queue up with randos, but for the tournament matches, you'd need your set team. I think that would be cool. What if? Blitzball in 14 was actually so good that that became the esport that oh, is known for. And it's basically Rocket League, right? Right. Underwater wait, Rocket wait, League. No, hold with, on. Wild card. Instead of cars. Wild card. It's not Blitzball. It actually is just Rocket League. <laughs> <laughs> but, but with like Omegas, like little Omega cars. Or the Magitechs. Yeah, little Magitech cars <laughs> that you just drive around. And or there's just, different roles, and there's roles, right? You need a four-man squad of cars. See, it wouldn't be cars, though. It would be like the healer car. No, it wouldn't be cars. It'd be mounts because we've got Lord of Dominion that that uses the minions. So this would be like Rocket League with all the different mounts. And so depending on the oh different mounts God. you've collected, you'd get different stuff, and you'd have different roles. You, you realize though, with uh, this is Square Enix we're talking about. None of this is ever going to happen. Like, <laughs> they, they don't. They don't have. They don't. They don't even have the capacity to QA things with a, in a reasonable time frame. Like, did did you see the article on, um, I know we were going to talk about this anyway, but did you see the article with his interview about Eureka? He said, yeah, by the time uh, Animos came out, we were almost done with Pagos, so we didn't really get to incorporate any feedback into that. <laughs> oh, really? Because like, that's, how, yikes. See, how that, that you know, that makes a lot of sense. Because mm-hmm. we were all complaining about how Pagos didn't change anything from Animos, and it actually kind of was worse. And that makes a lot of sense that they didn't take the feedback from Animos because Animos was such a strong, solid base of content. They could have improved so much on it and they didn't. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because it speaks a lot to their content cycle. Like, I wonder if it's a technical thing. Like, they maybe they don't have the ability to push out certain things in a hot fix compared to a patch. Or maybe it's just like it's their process. But something is messed up in that they cannot react quickly enough to feedback. They need like a six-month time lag in order to do that not three so like they need to they need to figure that out i don't know what that is but they need to solve it well you know it's a a pipeline issue when it takes a year for them to create event items (laughs) well no it's a year to figure out how to get them in the shop (laughs) speaking of event items i guess i did miss some news the ff14 ff15 crossover did launch that's a thing so 
I actually yeah, I have for 15. There's something for 14. Well, right, right, but I'm wondering. There's been like strong hints that 14's going to get something, but nothing's official. So yeah, I, I like that hint, Nika. They waited till the DLC gets canceled, and now we're going to do a crossover. Yeah, that was also really strange. They're like, yeah, we're canceling all the 15 DLC, but here's a 14 crossover. We're like, what? I feel yeah, like. They gotta funnel all their 15 players into their new solo game, Final Fantasy XIV. Yes, you can play Blue Mage. Yeah, I mean, it's really, they have really cute 14 outfits in, in 15, so at least give us, like, Noctis' outfit or something. That'd be cute. Or Prompto's. If they gave me Prompto's outfit, I'd wear it every day. That's, that's Stop. the real glamour. Real cosplay. <laughs> real cosplay extreme mode. Yeah. You're awful. I know. What about um? How about the wreath of snakes, though? All right. So wreath of snakes. I had no idea what that was supposed to be until I went back and reread the live <laughs> letters. I was like, "What the hell is a wreath of snakes? Like it's Christmas. It's a re- I don't know. Um, it's apparently going to be the Seriu fight. Um, but Seriu in FF11 was a dragon. So is it a snake? It's a dragon snake. A dragon snake. Oh, I see. Because yeah, because of because the... they can reuse the that um, uh, that model from Final Fantasy V. The first, uh, the, the first uh, fight, the little dragony snake thing, Archeovaeus or whatever oh, the hell it's called. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah some, no. I doubt they're going to reuse, actually reuse the model. They're just going to recreate. Well, it. what they did for so they used basically, they obviously they rescaled it and stuff and rendered it, but the like Genbu and Biako were the same, very similar to FF11. Suzaku, however, was very different. But just so you know, those usually aren't actually models that get exported out of the other game. They usually do re. Oh yeah, I'm sure they re-rendered it. The graphic, yeah. the graphical difference between 14 and 11 is huge. So I mean, I'm sure, but they use the same design. So Genbu, Genbu and Biakwa had the same design. Or uh, Genbu was the same as in 11. It was similar. It wasn't the same. Like when he, no, actually that's not true because he was a turtle. Yeah, he stood on his feet. Completely not true. No, Mika. that's true. It, that's not true. Biako was the only one that was the same. I don't know what I'm talking about. They LBR have adamantoys. They have adamantoys things in the world. Even Biako but... wasn't the same because he had the stupid tiger. No, arm. that one wasn't the same. But the little like the little tigers that he would summon, those were the same. And he actually started out in that form, and then he transformed into the big buff arm guy. Um, that was the same. But then Suzaku in in eleven was a big peloton type bird. And in this one, it was a phoenix that turned into a girl with weird so sexual desires thing. for Tenzin. <laughs> hey, hey, that was awesome. Hey, what? Oh my no, this is not how <laughs> I want to start this show man, out. Man. Nope. This Bird is... sex. <laughs> right now, give it to me, Yoshi. Well, like half the things she was saying were how much she wanted Tenzin. So it was kind of creepy. Yeah, I I didn't keep up with that lore at all honestly because i just wanted to get the clear and then when i was in the fight and she was yelling all those things i was like what is happening <laughs> like I mean, whoa it's just, it's weird because they all traveled with tenzin and they helped you know protect each other they were all outcasts and then he like used all of them to help seal the big bad dude away and then apparently she had some really repressed desires but it said that she was never able to turn into a complete phoenix while with tenzin and that's why she was so upset because tenzin died and phoenixes can bring people back to life but she had never she had not bloomed into her full phoenix form yet and uh, so and she's so she was never able to show him that or her like humanoid form so yeah. i think so now that she's able to Smash. become a human she has some real repressed oh sexual gosh. desires going on it's so hot um, <laughs> a lot of fire what <laughs> 
<laughs> but so I don't know. She's like, oh no, such a test of my of my life. So now we're going to get Seriu, <laughs> who is maybe a snake and not a dragon. I don't no, know. Wait, does he also want to smash? He's a smash? snake. What do you think? <laughs> smash or pass? Super smash or no? Snake, snake smash. You know. <laughs> oh my god! Because... Oh wait, no. Nope. No, it's a bad nope. one. You wanted nope. those. Nope. Thanks, Smash. Even nope. in the like new lore book too. Like I hate how they purposefully hold stuff back. Like every time there's been a flashback flashback in the game, it showed the other three and not Sariu. They just mentioned Sariu. And then in the lore book, you can see pictures of all of them. Sariu yeah. is just a text blob. Like there's <laughs> there's nothing. It's gotcha. Like, I know. So they're trying so hard. And then, you know, there's gonna be what's the name of the big like bad guy that's currently trapped? Because like they're like we have yeah. to calm our anger or the big bad guy will come out and kill all of us. Uh, do you guys think we will K- actually K- fight that big bad thing? K, right? Oh, the thing in the ball. Yeah. So there's basically like the four gods are keeping the big bad evil guy captured, and that the fact is the big, the four of them keep going crazy, and they're like, if you let us go crazy, it lets out the big bad dude or something. So we're like beating them down to make them they sane again, so they crazy. can keep their seal sealed. Um, so I'm wondering if after we beat Sari, if they're like, oh, good, whew, now with the big bad guy can stay sealed, or <laughs> will we actually... That's the biggest cop out ever. You oh. did it! You stopped the catastrophe before it happened. Or Wait, do you what? do you think that we'll actually get another another primal fight? Because if we're getting this with 4.5, there's not going to be a 4.6, so we'd have to get it like at a half patch. Mm-hmm. What do you guys uh, think? We did, we did get um, the final primal for Heaven's Word in the 0.55 patch. We did? What was it? Um, oh my god. Uh, I think you're lying to me. I'm going to double check this right now. now it was... Big Night? No. No, it was uh, Poltergeist. What the fuck is his name? Poltergeist? What? That, that's what the name is in Final Fantasy VI. Um, god damn it. Right now. Oh, sexy lady ghost chick? <laughs> Why, are... Why did they do that with all <laughs> What? What poltergeist are you talking about? No, the one I'm thinking of is the one that was in the Alexander. Or not Alexander. Zervon. Oh, Zervon. Yeah. Okay, that's right. Poltergeist is a Ted Woosley American name. Thank you very much. Okay. And we got him in the 3.5, right? Was he 3.5 or 5.5? Looking now. Because we're already getting Saryu for sure in the 0.5, so... Would we get something in a point five? Would we get this big, evil, mysterious, evil, big, bad guy that's sealed away? Or are they just going to be like, nope, you stopped him from breaking out. You're good to go. Because I... Uh... I feel like it'd be really anticlimactic if we don't get to fight him, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, Flatlord but... suggested maybe it would just be a solo instance afterwards where you just fight him with NPCs. I like what uh, Faye said in the chat is maybe the second phase of Sirio fight is uh, that big bad coming out and you fight him then. Oh, like you kill Sirio in the first half and then the second half is... Hmm, maybe. I don't I don't know. I don't know if I see that. Uh, no. I don't... I don't know. I'll be really sad if we don't get to fight whatever whatever he is. Because, I mean, even in, in Eleven, right, we had the four gods and then once you defeated them, you could fight Kirin. Um... Kieran already is the name of the the pony you get in this game when you collect all the ponies. So obviously it's not Kieran, and I know that they've said the name of him before in the in the story, but I cannot. It's like Kiryu or something stupid like that. No, it's like it's a really long name. I thought. Chat, help us out. What is the name of the? It's like five letters long, Nika. It's only five letters. I thought it was. 
But it's not Kieran. I, I will put any number of... No, it's not Kieran. But that's five letters and starts with a K. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> well, it's not. <laughs> it has a U in there, too. Anyway. Um, oh, Carry You? That's like yeah, Sarah You. That sounds just like Sarah You, though. Okay, yeah. Well, guess what? It's pretty close to that. Okay, yeah, that is really close. It's a Japanese name, Nika. They all sound the same. Can all you? right? I, I guess. <laughs> Okay. That's not. That's not. Yeah, okay. Kiryu. <laughs> okay. I. I mean, Kappa's five letters. All right. Fine. I give in. But if we don't fight him, I'll be really sad. Um. And then the last thing we kind of skipped over it was talking about the crafting endgame and how that could possibly lead to, um, Ishgard housing. Ishgard housing. So Ishgard housing. I know everybody's wanted for a long time, and so I'm hoping that it's actually like a server by server basis where like the server crafters actually have to come together to do whatever this content is to then get Ishgard housing and then your server is not going to get it as fast as other servers if your server sucks yeah i mean they used to do this in other games like well they did this one time only i think in 2.x when they did the little ladies day event um there was one where the more people that did it and you went out and scavenged for the little blossoms the more people that turned them in the quicker you would be able to buy the items from the shops Oh, cool. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. They only did that in, like, the Little Ladies' Day event in the original release of the game. Wow. Yeah, I'm just going to say, though. And let everyone else do the work, and at the end of the event, go and get all the stuff at the same time. Well, yeah. they, but, they're calling this crafting endgame. Would so, it all be possible that the people that were doing the crafting and gathering would be the only people that would be allowed to have Ishgard housing? Probably oh. Not. Probably not. Uh, usually when a game tries to do something like this, when they do like server-wide unlocks and stuff like that, the idea is that you're motivated because you're contributing to unlocking the bigger it. Picture. Yeah, the bigger picture. Yeah. And it's a community thing. And it's like, oh, it, I'll never forget, like, you know, in, in another game I played, like, I was on a server for many years. It's like, oh, we were the first to open this big event back mm. in, like, 2006. And like, our server's known for that. And, like, that's a big deal to some people. Yeah, I bet the first server to get Ishgard housing is going to be remembered, you know. As... Yeah, 14 needs something like that. That's a good thing. This is positive. I I, yeah. I'm, I, I might, hell, maybe I'll do Blacksmith or Goldsmith or something just to contribute. Like, I don't know. Like, it's but... that's a, it's a cool thing to, to want to take part in. That being said, there needs to be a payoff for the people that do contribute. You do need some sort of reward for doing the turn-ins, whether that's yeah. gill or well, you know, currency. Well, do you think it'll just be turn-ins? Because... I think it'll be just turn-ins. They're calling it end game. And for what I see in crafting right now from the little bit I've done of it, you already do turn-ins for scripts. So it, why, would, why would the end game just be more turn-ins? Like, because there's a limit to what you can do with crafting. I mean, it's possible that they add a mini game of some kind for you to do special kind of mining or harvesting or, or whatever. But like more often than not, it's going to be some kind of turn-in. But how you get those materials and how you do it might change. It's all, we're all speculating anyway, but right. I mean, but I just feel like for them to call it end game for crafters, I feel like it needs to be like when like think about end game for players. Granted, it's still kind of like a primal fight, but there's more mechanics, there's more things to think about, more things to do. Like end game is a different level of play than casual it, it, play. But this is the same company who gives you four circle rooms every three months and calls it end game. You have to understand <laughs> it's a different expectation from Square versus the average company developing an online experience. Like, hey. and I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just there's saying five circle rooms. Thank you very much. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> five circle rooms. Sorry, there's a trial, then there's the four fights. You're right. I'm sorry. Thank you and very then, much. Yes, you're correct. All right, and then you know, sometimes with the 24 minutes, there could be six. So you know what? I stand corrected. But my, my, my end game though. 
yeah, it's that's not. casual. That, that's that's LFR catch up. But basically, um, regardless, like you have to set expectations accordingly, right? I don't think it's good to get like too hyped up. I'd rather be pleasantly surprised if it is better. I hope it's sure. better. I hope there's like a mini game. I hope there's something unique about it for those people who are passionate about crafting. But honestly, I it's probably going to be turn-ins with a twist. Like there'll be something unique about it. But I hope you there's have to play a twist. Lords of Reminion to do the turn-in. <laughs> Shut up. Oof. I don't know if I could put myself through that. Please not. Not even for MGP? <laughs> you need a lot of MGP. You get like 10k if you win the tournament and nobody plays MGP. the tournament. We'll get that all for Blitzball. I'll be fine. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> My team's going to be the best. <laughs> My team has Waka on it. <gasps> you too? <laughs> I got. I got you. Now we're good. You know, doesn't play Blitzball. She does intend to. That game doesn't exist. That, day, that game didn't even happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yes, it did. It did because I've cosplayed from it, so it has to have happened. Same. No, no, that was a fanfic. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, fanfic. pretty that sure there's a fanfic with like a gun, guns blazing and like singing. Yeah, it was all fanfic. <laughs> gun blue mage. Hey, yeah, that'll never happen. Yeah, that hey, was. Why weird. RP in position, everybody? Okay. Why RP? RP in position. In position. <laughs> Uh, oh, see, that's, that's the whole phrase. That, that opening was amazing. That was a really cool fan made video they did. That <laughs> I really liked it. it was, uh, uh, I can't acknowledge it happened. So, it hurt too much. So, anyone else have anything to say about stuff from FanFest? Any final thoughts before we move on? I'm going to be a rabbit. You're going to be a rabbit. I'll be a rabbit if the rabbits don't look like Makote. <laughs> Otherwise, Femro for life. Male only Viera. Please look forward to it. <laughs> oh my god! If they do that, I'll cry. Yeah, same. Unsub. I'll be happy. I'll sub for that. You'll sub just for Melvira. So yeah. okay, curiously then, Jack says, since you're you're a cat female no, you're a male cat girl as you like to say. Yes. Um will you become a male bunny girl? Yeah, I'll, I'll try I try out the male bunny girls. If they exist. You wear your bunny outfit as a male bunny girl. Yeah, your bunny outfit as a bunny girl. I feel like that's wrong in some way. Like for some reason, that's wrong. <laughs> that's the line. That's where you, yeah. I feel the like line is like it's, like, it's like a step before cannibalism, or that's like racially wrong for some reason. I'm not sure why. For a bunny to wear, but I mean, you're. I guarantee you though that like as a makote, you're wearing like lion fur or cat fur sometimes. <laughs> Does that don't think you? about it too hard? Let's stop thinking about it too hard. My immersion. Yeah. Now, yeah. now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like where this conversation is going. Just shake it out, dude. Shake it out. Uh huh. Okay. So our uh, good good friends over at Gamer Escape did also an interview with Koji Fox um, at FanFest about about a bunch of things. So we can go through it a little bit and talk a little bit about some of the things. It's really long though. So I'm, give us the highlights, Nika. I'm gonna pick and choose some of these questions. Um, I don't have too many highlights other than he couldn't talk about things that of course we want him to talk about like yeah. when he says when did xenos gain resonance even when he and coach is like i can't say anything about xenos i can't say anything about xenos but what really drove bothered me about xenos at FanFest is they did um spoil who was uh controlling him in the freaking trailer it was pretty no- obvious i mean obvious okay yes but we all know that there's like an Asian there but we didn't know which Asian. and then they're like okay so the main characters in the expansion are going to be Blah, no, no, no. Like, great. I, I, okay, awesome. I'm pretty, pretty sure we knew. I mean, I the guess. Same. I knew that. Did I, I know that? I think, yeah, a like... lot of, I think a lot of people knew. Or at least it was it was easy. It was the biggest theory, right? It was a pretty big guess. I don't think it was a huge spoiler. I mean, I, I guess. I just feel like it's kind of more fun to like not know those things until the characters find out about those things. 
Like how they still I have don't... not confirmed that Gaius is Gaius. No, but... I know how we knew. I know how we <laughs> yeah. knew because, because they addressed him in the cutscene, uh, and then they said, "Oh, you chose that face. How dare you?" That kind of thing. Yeah. And they were talking to him specifically that that Asian. So then later, when you find out Xenos is, you know, alive again and corrupted, it's kind of like a process of elimination. Like you realize, like it all fit together. I don't know. All I see it's look the same to me. Okay, so this first question I was actually really curious about, so I'm going to read this one in its whole. Um, they asked about, you know, talking about the cosmological clarity here, um, since so much has changed, um, that they've mentioned that there are the 13 different dimensions or shards that are branched off of the source world, which is us, and that they all branched off at the same time, and that these 14 dimensions have been diverging ever since then. But more recently, the Omega story arc shows us traveling across the interstellar space of uh, how much of the source dimensions universe is copied over. And of course, his first answer is, well, I can tell you that a lot of stuff regarding the source and shards and what's going on is one of those things that's going to be explained a lot more in the coming patches, which I'm actually glad to hear since I have mentioned before on here that we kind of learned about how there were a bunch of dimensions that are all falling into darkness or light, and then we just kind of ignored it to go worry about Doma. And I just feel like... Weirdest side story ever. I mean, I feel like it should have become the main story when we're all like, shit, there are other dimensions. They're being they're being absorbed by darkness and light. But let's go worry about one country's plight on our world. <laughs> How are we supposed to go? How are we supposed to Storm go the world, Nika? I mean, how do you suggest we do that? Well, we we literally we have that. a connection to the goddess of the universe. Okay, yeah, she's, she's, she's basically dead, and she had to send the warrior of darkness back. That's all her power. She had to use Minfilia. She had to, yeah. She couldn't manifest herself, so she stole Minfilia from us, and then. And, and the most useless person in the world, mind you. Oh, and, no. and, when, and when in the story, <laughs> when in the story have we ever been like, I'm going to summon my power? No, it's always just it happens. And we're like, oh, fuck this again. I've like got a migraine and, yeah. and now I know it all. It's, it's like, oh, no. Oh, God. Well, do you think we'll see Minfilia again? Yes. You think no. so? Yes. I, I hope not. And I hope they do her justice because I stand. <laughs> Unpopular opinion. See, I liked I liked Minfilia at first, and then she became really useless when she kept getting captured and couldn't fight for herself. Um, and I feel like yeah. if, if she's the leader of a group of people that all have the echo, and she's kind of the one spearheading this big rebellion of people with the echo, I feel like she should have been a little bit more than just like a tactician, especially because she kept a dagger on her belt and never used it. But um, wait, wait, okay, well, Mika, Mika, Donald Trump is the president of our United States. You think Stop. he knows how to fight? Stop. Think no. He knows how to fight. Stop. He's the brilliant tactician that does everything right. Uh, okay, but again, this is right, a... I want to use my mute I want to use my mute I unfortunately don't have mute juxta powers on... Yeah, you Fuck. do. No, okay, oh, I guess... I have, it, I have to kick him out of Zoom in order to do that, and I just don't... That would mess up all of our cameras, so I can't do that. No, I'm yeah. the host, so no one can kick me. Oh, that's I true. Am... He's hosting the session. I can't, I can't oh kick God. him. So I can mute uh, Strife. See, there we go. Um, he says it. that, anyway, they had a lot of those <laughs> questions for Odasan, the actual lore guy, but they can't really talk about them, but answers are coming. Um, he says, in sense of how far is the split, the split is mostly fo- uh, focused on Hydaelyn, the planet being split apart. Now, how far that extends, that's one of those things I'm going to have to confirm with Odasan. So he- Koji doesn't even know that. Yeah. Um, now, like, is Hydaelyn the only planet being split? Um, are there other planets that can split? Um, can you talk about the Dragon Star? That confirms there are other planets. So Hydaelyn is not the only planet in the universe, which we have heard nothing about other planets. But uh, is yeah. the Dragon Star part of the Sources universe or a different universe? And what about all of that stuff? Do all the planets split? He says, the only thing I can confirm is that Hydaelyn is not the only planet in the universe. But beyond that, it's going to be one of those things we're going to be talking about in the future. 
hopefully these answers will come to life. <laughs> oh. dun, dun. So I'm hoping that this does focus a lot on this storyline. Like did say we're going to find out more about Heidelin and Zodiac, which we have learned not very much about at this point in time. I don't think. Um, yeah. Like everything we learned about that arc was mostly like smack dab in the middle of Heaven's Ward, And then it went, went out and we'd learned like almost nothing in Stormblood. Yeah. I'm really confused too about what's like considered the dimension and what's just considered the planet. Like I thought the planet itself was like the entire dimension, but there's also like the next question they ask is Omega and Midsommar from the source dimension because we know Omega and Midgard Stormer are from like out there somewhere in space time. But like Koji's like, I think they're from this one, but I need to confirm uh, this from Odasan. So yeah. like there really is more. So it's the dimensions that are being split or if it's the planets that are being split. I'm very confused about what this actually. I, I think it's dimensions because I think the idea is that it's the same. It's, it's confusing because they've been so vague. It's hard to tell if they mean same world or another world. Aliens. Yeah. Stuff. <laughs> Yeah. They did confirm in the next question, though, that 14 is its own universe and it's not connected to any other video game universes. That was the next question. Um, they said, but, but, you know, of course, things could still change. Things could build. Things could expand and it could become. Well, something. we knew that we knew that the, their version of Evilist was canonical only to uh, see, only to them. But see, I thought originally when they first announced Evilist, they said that it was going to be canon Evilist. I could have sworn yeah, they said that. Yeah, that's what everyone assumed. And then they like retconned it or something or went back on it or something like that. Because like originally I was like, oh, this is so cool because like Ivelisse is so far in the future and it's like in Garlemald territory. This can be canon to both Ivelisse and to 14. And I thought that would be really awesome. And then all of a sudden they're like, no, Ash and what's his face are brother and sister, not lovers. I'm like, oh, this is not the same world. Not at all. <laughs> um, But whatever. Um. They asked about where is the Makote lore at, since we've heard about the Maricidia might have been involved and that those references were pruned away and now it's all about Ilsebard. Um, he says, you have so many eras. You talk about them coming over the land bridge, but that's really recent. Yeah. In general, people are just migrating everywhere. Now think about Earth. Where were the people and how did they move over a thousand years? Now multiply that by six eras. Shit happens in Eorzea. A calamity. <laughs> he says, a calamity, a calamity. It gets too hot. It gets too cold. People move away to a place. That's better. They break off and come back. Um, so the lore, this says everyone wants more on the lore, but the problem is we have all these stories to tell, but then when we go to new areas, we focus on the new stuff. So the writers don't really want to go back and focus on the old stuff. Um, and people want to know about the Dusk Whites. And they said we haven't no, heard. they don't. That's apparently people are asking. Koji says people want to know about the Ora, the Makote, or the Dusk Whites, who we haven't heard anything about. We just know they're moody and dark. That's so he's like, I don't have any answers for this either. We need to talk about Otisan for those, but you know. That's just I mean, what's happening. I have a mild curiosity. I'd like to know more about anything with the, the aura, right? And that's Yeah. You cause... got all your aura lore in the heavens or in uh this one we were just in. Storm Stormblood, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were in a plateau, except some of them were underwater. The end. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's really sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's like why are the demon dragon people under the sea? Yeah. <laughs> well, some people have actually compared the one face to mermaids, like the one with the spikes on the back, oh, the one yeah. kind of look like wings. They're like, oh, they're mermaids, and I'm like, never thought about it that way. Scales, fish, eh. yeah. Yeah, ca- ca- I mean, I kind of thought Ananta yeah. originally were going to be under the ocean, and then when I found out they weren't, and that the turtles were under the ocean, I was like, oh, okay. 
Um, the next question I'm curious about because I love you, Sale. She's my bae. And so yeah. the, the next question was, so they talk about how Bahamut was rematerialized by his summoning. A dead thing goes on the live stream. It gets blended into pieces and then people pray and the beacon. I think we lost connection to the stream, Nika. Oh, we lost that too. Crap. Okay. Damn it. How did that happen? Oh, I think nope. we're back. I think it's back. I don't know how much we missed though. I didn't miss connect- Probably that whole thing. I'm gonna have to read that again. The screen froze on Mooney's O face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Isel's coming back, but I was like, what? <laughs> oh my god, that's great! I guess I'll have to reread that entire thing. Grace hit back. What you think? I took it down. Jeez. All right, can you guys see us? I can see the yeah. stream again. The stream's year. back up. We're good. See, I didn't lose connection to you guys. Why did the stream drop? That's I weird. know that was really weird. <laughs> hmm. Okay. I guess I'll have to read that again. God damn it. Read the answer again. <laughs> did I did I get through the the question? You got the question, yeah. <laughs> All right. So we were wondering if he ate Shiva, but she was Shiva. Where exactly is Shiva? Um. So he said the eating part is still there, but remember how we once talked about how there could be multiple ifrits. You're just assembling pieces from the ether and forming them into something else. There are parts of that being and just parts of the regular energy in the core, but it's not all of their pieces. It's just some of the memories and you're filling out the rest. It's kind of like when they find some Tyrannosaurus bones and you have to recreate the rest with plaster copies. It's not the actual being. And then it dies off and a little piece of it while still exists in that form goes back into the live stream. Um, it says when you're talking about the live stream, there's all this weirdness. Then it seems like every patch, there's a new way to summon a primal, but that's not my fault. We have to keep thinking of new ways because they want special situations to summon the primals. But he says, in that essence, yeah, you're pulling a piece of that person and filling the rest with the energy based on the summoner and what they're thinking at that time. So I actually have always been wondering that. Like, if she's Shiva and she's like, oh, hooray, fucker, I'm here, I'm Shiva. And he's like, no, fuck you, you're not Shiva. Shiva, I ate Shiva. I have Shiva with me. Shiva is mine. Yeah. Um, then I wonder why, like, that is kind of creepy. Um, but I was wondering, like, so anyone can summon the essence of a previous, like, creature that has died and sent to the live stream, and then you just kind of fill it in with your own energy. Crystals and memories. Crystals and memories. But like he says, like, every single patch, we have to think of a new special way to summon a primal, so there's no set lore on, like, how you summon a primal. Mysterious. Because every single time, like sometimes they need crystals, sometimes they use someone else as a vessel, sometimes they just wish it. And some... sometimes they just have Gilgamesh make a make an Ikidu out of nothing. I mean, look what look what happened with um shit. Was it Shinryu or like they? He was uh, end of Heaven's Word. He was praising um he was praising his god like Ralgar or something, but he summoned uh, Shinryu, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like, yes. And he didn't mean to do that. He's just like, oh shit, this thing came out. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was trying to summon Ralgar. Um yeah. and that I totally lost my train of thought there, but it is it is interesting because I feel like what's stopping people then from cuz like what um Argent was saying, so summoning has more to do with the summoner than the thing that's supposed to be summoned. I think that's true. Um that you know, it's whatever the summoner's thinking, whatever they're hoping for, and that's what they're able to manifest. But sometimes, as we see, it doesn't always work out, and sometimes it does. Um, we know that with Yasail, though, she was supposed to be another warrior of light type of character. She had the echo, and she kind of decided to go down the wrong path and, like, sold her soul to become Shiva, sort of, um, which is also a different way of, like, she actually could transform back and forth at will. She had control over this power. Yeah, um, yeah. 
Whereas, I want that power. I mean, that'd be nice. Can we just transform into primal? A casual uh, emote, two hundred dollar emote, right? <laughs> for, the, for the low price of two hundred dollars. Shameless plug. Shameless plug, right there. <laughs> <laughs> So we'll see. Um, I just, I don't know what they're going to do. Like he said, like Otisan just comes up with new crazy ways to summon primals. So yeah. that's just a thing, but I don't know. Um, well, there is no way to summon a primal and there is all the ways to summon a primal. <laughs> that's all the ways. Um, they also asked, um, of all the Asian overlords, they received the names from FF12 different scions of light. However, there were only 12 scions, and we've got 14 overlords. Have you come up with two new names? <laughs> and he goes, well, I actually can't say anything about Asians either, other than they're not supposed to have shadows. Asians are not supposed to have shadows, and they are not supposed to have shadows. He said that multiple times. Then he says, that's all I'm going to say. Brief That's silence. That's what Asian means. That's what Asian means. They're supposed to be shadowless. That's why I chose that word 12 years ago. So do you think they'd ever go back and fix this in old scenes if they found a way to make it work? He says, I don't think so. Not at this point. I think the development team wants to pretend it's a made-up word that has no meaning and they want me to forget it, but it's always going to remind them that Asians aren't supposed to have shadows. What you see is not a shadow. It's the shadow of their clothes. <laughs> <laughs> because the dev team just screwed up and gave them shadows when they weren't supposed to, and they just said, nope. Mm. If you saw a naked Elidibus walking around, he would not have a shadow. There you go. Official answer. <laughs> so, was Travanche naked? Those aren't clothes. It's body paint. Also, I have no idea about the names. <laughs> what is going on? I think, Koji, I feel like... Yeah. What are you doing? See, I felt like Koji was supposed to have all this knowledge, but now I feel like Odasan has really been like, nope, I get all this stuff, and not even Koji gets to know about it. Well, you got to remember, he said in interviews before, he's just the, he's the localization expert, right? He, he yes. assists them and he has some influence. Like he has given them ideas before yeah. that have helped them. And he's kind of the liaison to Western culture if they need ideas from that. But that's it. Like it's still Otis-san doing the lore. It's his game in terms of the writing, right? So mm -hmm. I don't think we should be expect, I don't think we should ever have had the expectation that koji's sitting there going i think we should do this i don't think it, it works that way that's yeah that's true like i know he does have he he's the one who writes like the english all translations the of all the, all the jokes he makes all the puns he makes all the fate names and descriptions and he does all that kind of thing um yep. and i know that they're not direct translations of the stuff in the japanese ones because they try to make it punny and they, he has been confirmed saying that in each language they try to create puns and things relevant to that region right um uh, which is kind of funny uh, I'm just gonna have a couple of these questions. Like another one: Is there any information about why the Asians have a common language? And they just said, "Please look forward to it." Um, Great. When we zoom in on the Shadow Hunter's belt, we see two red masks. Are we meant to assume that he's permanently killed them, or that he only killed their hosts? That's a good question. Please look forward to it. Uh, I feel like that one will get answered pretty soon because I think we're going to get more info in this patch. Gamerscape did say we try really hard to not ask questions that will ask please look forward to it and yet you're still saying please look forward to it. And he says we're getting to a point where for so long, especially regarding 1.0, we got better about it at 2.0. We don't want to leave loose ends. It's starting to be very focused. Yoshida and Oda-san want to go back and tie those up because people keep asking us about them. I think that's one of the goals with future content coming up hopefully over the next year. They don't want as much stuff dragging behind us anymore. I want to bring a conclusion to a lot of these storylines and hopefully it'll be the end for one piece and we'll finally find out what the one piece is and then whispers it's friendship <laughs> i have no the idea made along the way that's the real treasure i have oh, no God. idea are we done with this interview no there's a lot left i'm trying to skip over some of the dumb questions <laughs> um like how there's a unit for distance and a unit for weight is there a Japan. unit for temperature <laughs> 
my this God. is getting down to like peaches. Level. It really is. Um, do, 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 do. Yeah, I think we're pretty much done with this article. I can't think there's nothing else that's really exciting in here or really um, mind blowing other than like could regula use arcanist abilities. Is that a hint about something cool? Magitech magic He's like, I don't know. <laughs> he's like a lot of he says a, know, he man. says a lot of times there are reasons behind these things, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> okay. Oh, this is kind of cool. Um, the new lore book they have a Far Eastern alphabet, the Hingan alphabet, and they asked if it's based on anything. Um, he said the alphabet was all Odasan. They based it on regular Japanese characters, so it's kind of like the Eorzean alphabet where we used English characters. And if you look really close, you can kind of see what it is and where it comes from. They want to do a similar thing with Hingan, basing it off of Japanese. That's kind yeah. of cool. Um, yeah, I think the rest of this is, yep. Okay. That's it. That's it for that interview. So I feel like they, I know Gamer Escape really likes Koji and they always try to get interviews with Koji, but I don't, I feel like they're getting like less and less content out of each interview they get with Koji every time. Sounds that way. But you know. Um, okay. What else have we got going on here? We have the another interview um, by Dengeki. They interviewed Yoshida and Nagakawa, specifically talking about Eureka. That should be interesting. What do we got for that? Oh, let's see. For some reason, I don't have it completely open. That's, that's a problem. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I'm, okay. So, oh, it's not too, oh, maybe it is longer than I thought. It keeps jumping. Oh, no. Stop. Which one is this? The Dengeki interview. Okay, it's longer than I thought it was. Oh, gosh. Wow. Okay. So, yeah, I'm not going to read all of this. but We actually we actually covered some of this before. This yeah, we did talk a little bit about it, Um, about how this thing, you know, Eureka feels like a totally different game, what was intended behind that. And he's like, you know, it was it was supposed to be, feel like a different game. It, the concept was creating a miniature content that lets you delve into the classic MMO experience. Nakakawa, na- well, Nakakawa, Nakagawa says, as a heavy player of FF11 myself, I set myself a goal in the development to help modern players experience some of the enjoyable things that FF11 provided. Oh my god. So he's like, well, we just waited for NMs to spawn, hunting with it, and everyone leveling at the same time. And he wanted... Net- he Netflix wanted- and chill. Yeah, so he's like, let's Minus put... Minus the chill part. Yeah, and he says, well, what did you do to differentiate this from Diadem? And he says, our minds are more about recapturing the good parts of a classic MMO experience. They didn't even compare it to Diadem at all. They're like, nope, we just want a classic MMO experience. Diadem started off as a feel free to do whatever you want, and then uh, maybe that's too much freedom, and then uh, maybe we'll give you a little bit of guidance. Um, The Diadem exploration couldn't make a good impression of any of those, however. Um, They decided Eureka to make it an open-up-as-you-go kind of deal, um and so that was their goal he's like i don't know if that worked out but i feel like it became interesting content um uh, yeah yeah i mean the rest of it's pretty much you know the animos pagos timeline thing we mentioned before mm-hmm. and uh what was the other piece um something about how he he didn't expect as many people to be doing eureka right now he always expected them to drop off after the initial launch because he, he it's not supposed After to be for everyone garbage <laughs> yeah I, I think in his mind it was that he just knew like it's not for all types of players so he always expected like to mooney's point what you got to level like six and was like fuck this like that kind of thing yeah he always he expected that behavior apparently from from most people and he was weirdly surprised to find uh people continue to do it who aren't 
the target audience. But like, why? I still am so blown away by that. Like, what? I think I think as a whole, their development team still doesn't have a firm grasp on at least how Western players. I don't know how it is for the guys in Japan, but at least how Western players perceive reward structures in uh, in MMOs. I think that the whole progression system and how we perceive rewards and what we'll do in those situations, I don't think they, they understand that. Yeah, so they did also mention how when he wanted that classic MMO experience, however, FF14 players are FF14 players. So they asked basically you know, was there supposed to be a train or were people supposed to split up and then come together? And he's like, you know, we tried to implement the the experience of a fun of clearing NMs here and there. But FF14 players are FF14 players. The classic MMO experience we tried to recreate seemed out of reach. He says also the intense competition is not good either. Um, NMs are essentially made with the basis of fate-like, but we wanted to make sure everyone in the instance needed to participate it to clear it. This concern was uh, fulfilled spot on with Nakagawa's lead. There are certain sense of flow to that so it went well that both players who partake in summoning and other players it can also uh, contribute very well I don't know I don't think that they did a very good job personally with the trains or not doing trains I think pyros less people are doing trains than pyros however um, I pyros feel like... also, also has all of our feedback taken into account unlike any other that's piece. true there's more and the, with them adding the challenge log and putting a lot of XP into the challenge log more people are are tempted to split up, do challenge log, and kill things that can spawn NMs in the meantime. Um, yeah. But also Pyro's map is really weird and like there's a lot more things clustered together and there's a lot stronger aggro. Like there's actually like sound, a lot of sound aggro in Pyro's. Right. So you can't get to a lot of places. Like in Animos, you could basically just follow a train of high level people and you'd be fine. But in this one, if you take, you know, if you walk by something, you're just, you're going to get smacked and you're going to die. And I, and I think part of that's to discourage you from being a solo player and just running up to the train and following along because you can't sneak past anything now. You have yeah. to be in a group when you start out. Yeah. Or you have to be a solo <laughs> player and be extremely careful. And I think that's the general idea. Didn't they originally build Eureka as being able to be soloed or partied up? And yeah. The- yeah. Well, I think, again, they were trying to make that MMO experience. And literally every question I'm seeing here li- repeats that. We just want to make that good MMO experience, like how they explore and pick a good hunting spot. They didn't say good. They said classic. The classic. Okay. We wanted to <laughs> recreate the classic MMO experience, including the parts that were made harsh, it says. Like um, how there were really high-level monsters that could kill you and how you de-level when you, when you die and that kind of thing. Like they said that was all on purpose and the whole like having people shout to come raise you, like that was all on purpose. They wanted, they wanted that sense of classic MMO going on there. Um, they even thought about it with the whole pick a good hunting spot and, and grind mobs just like in the original classic MMOs. Okay, well, if you wanted that to happen, then you have to like make grinding mobs like a viable way of getting XP. Yeah. It, it, it is It is with the challenge logs. It, but it now, is now. Once you, once, once okay, you, once but you that's once a fucking week. Yeah, yeah, go in and do it for an hour and then be like, all right, that was a yeah. great classic MMO experience. For an hour. The only I'll classic other, it up again next week. The only other thing you can do if you're not doing a train is, is I guess you could, after your challenge log, party up with people to kill and grind on a certain type of enemy so that you will spawn their NM. Mm-hmm. But that is so... that is Whether it's more efficient or less efficient, it is perceived to be less efficient. And therefore, that perception has controlled the player behavior to do the NM train. That's true. Um, 
Let's see. They also, yeah, see, I see exactly what you were saying, Strife, as they said, as Nakagawa said, there are more, far more adventurers and animos than expected. We initially expected the Eureka player base to be mostly limited to people who are comfortable with the attribute of repetition or MMO players who are active communications. Pagos was basically the content that aimed this narrow elite player base to go deeper. It was our fault to not expect that there would be much more casual players along as well. Like, oh, my bad. My bad, guys. Forgot about y'all. That's fine. My bad. It's cool. It's cool. Um... They said the next Eureka Contest is probably 4.55. And he said, yeah, we've wrapped up the work ready for 4.5, but we're not going to push it that soon. So we're definitely not going to get it on the launch, which kind of makes me a little bit nervous. Like they don't really care about the relic weapons anymore at all because they always make the relic weapons kind of like slightly better than the raid weapons by the end of the tier. And then I feel like what's the point of at the end of the the tier? And this is right now. Right now they're better. If you get lucky. And you RNG like let's say you're a bard. Oh, shut you roll, up! Like, you can't. You roll like seven hundred. You can't be like, oh, if you it. have a one in you know ten thousand chance of having this one weapon to be have. It's, it's happened for people. It's better. But, no, I didn't. I didn't say it was practical. I just said there are some people out there running around with we have really good luck, and they're running around with like these insane weapons that are so much better than the Omega one that it's like, well, that's really weird. Yeah. I'm just curious, though, because they said, that, you know, it's ready for 4.5, but we're not ready to push it out that soon. So we're going to push it out in 4.55. But 4.55, like, I just feel like that's when the final step of the relic is going to come out. Then it's going to take a while for people to grind a max level, figure out the new system for how to get the relic. And then by the time you get the relic, the expansion is going to be like one month away. Yeah. So, like, what's the point yeah. of getting the relic at that point? No, I don't see- think it's that. I don't think it's that that there is a point to getting the relic. <laughs> I think it's that they made this content. For a certain subset of players who like the old school style of MMO, who are they're going to grind this stuff out and they're not going to really focus too much. They're just going to kind of grind it out and then they're going to get their reward at the end and that's how they gear up. It's the, you just have you have to look at it as a form of parallel content, right? You have yeah. the standard: do your dungeons, get your tombstones, and then once you have your tombstones, go into the the raids. Once you do the raids, go do the savage raids, right? And then like that's your progression path. Someone else's progression path might be that they get some gear from that, but then they kind of just go into Eureka and they get an armor set and then they grind out their relic weapon. And that's how they're getting their sense of progression from it. I don't think they necessarily did a good job trying to design these to be equivalent. I think they just made them different. And I I think that's the problem. If they had actually designed these to be truly parallel optional paths, then less people would be in Eureka right now. And it would be Mm -hmm. just a different path for people who preferred that. But because that relic weapon is slightly better or can get really lucky and can be better, a lot more people are in this alternate path and really should be, probably. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm just, I just feel like now that I've fallen so far behind in Pyros, I, I don't know if I can catch up or if I want to, which makes me really sad because I've gotten a relic in, but, in but every... It's not, it's not really your now. thing, Mika. Like you have to think of it that way. Like if you you don't actually prefer that type of content. I you don't. prefer doing dungeons and raids in, in coordinated groups and overcoming a challenge, and that's the content for you. This content it, it wasn't made for you. But I guess. But the thing is, is that I've always gotten the relic. That's always been the thing I liked to do in my downtime was to find like grind the content for the relic, get right. the lights, and, get the whatever. And like and have the best weapon, but now yeah. I just I feel sad that I might not get that before the expansion comes out. 
that's the issue I was talking about before where Square Enix doesn't seem to understand. And I think this is more common with Westerners than Easterners, but maybe. But I don't think they understand the reward structure and how that drives our sense of progression and our motivation. I think a lot of people in the East are more willing to just grind things out and they actually enjoy that. Whereas here, we'll do that if there's a reward. And if there's not a reward, we won't. Like it's a different, the motivation comes from somewhere else. It's really weird. But it's a philosophical thing, and I, I just don't know if Square really has a handle on their player base when it comes to that. Probably not, but I'm curious about that public dungeon that they keep talking about, uh, that once you clear the you know, story of Hydatos, that there's going to be a public dungeon. Um, Sounds like what they did in Diadem. So, well, they did ask about it in this interview, and Nakagawa's just like, how far can we talk about this? And Yoshida says, well, just skimming, if you have enjoyed the fields throughout Eureka, I'm sure most of them will find it as enjoyable as the previous ones. Um, there is extra place beyond that called the public dungeon. It will be very challenging. So, so is there going to be similar parts from the previous ones and also a dungeon as a plus? Uh, sounds like it will be difficult to progress from the outside to the inside. And he says, we can't tell you much, but it will be noticeably different, a noticeably different part, or the most noticeably different part of Eureka. And then Yoshida says, almost like an ultimate alliance raid. And it says, well, not like Ultimate, more like Savage Alliance Raid. That, yeah, can, how, can we just have that as normal content if you're going to do that? Like, holy shit, right? Like, you want to <laughs> stop me from playing other MMOs, can we just have a Savage 24-man? That would be fantastic. That's my content. Yeah, but that, that. That's what I've wanted, is like a, that's like Savage-type 24-man content that you have to do with your free company, which gives legitimacy yes. to free companies. As of yeah. Right now, all the 24-man stuff, you just queue up for it and say, fuck it, I just, you know, face roll over my keyboard and win. Whereas, yeah. like... If we actually had hard 24 mans, you would actually have to, you know, if they wanted to recreate the classic MMO experience even a little bit, have people have to create a large scale group outside of a duty finder and go in as a group and do hard content. But instead now they're like only the 1% of people that complete high to toast are going to be able to do the Savage 24 man. And that to me is really, really short sighted. Well, maybe it'll get really popular and it'll convince them that, hey, maybe we should do stuff like that more often. Do you think that will happen, though? No. I want it to. I want to believe that, but I don't think it will. Maybe in (laughs) 6.0. Oh, no. If it did happen, there's no way it would happen in this expansion. No, no, no. They they have that six-month lag minimum, and for harder stuff, it's like a year or two. They need to fix that process. It's really weird. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even think they have the ability to hotfix things in without a patch. Like, have you noticed all their hotfixes come with maintenances? Like, they actually have to turn the servers off and put it back on? That speaks to like some really. Do other up. MMOs not have to do that? No, wow. Like, <laughs> wow. Have to do that? No, like like wow. It's just, it just happens. If it's a hotfix, that's what it means. Hotfix happens on the server side. You don't know. You're just playing the game, and then it's fixed. Like you kill a boss, it, it bugs out on you. You go back in, and guess what? The box, is, the, the boss is fixed. Nothing. You didn't do anything. You didn't download anything. Oh. Pretty much only tooltips have to be patched in for like hotfixes. Numbers for like your abilities or the boss's abilities, like number changes, can happen on the fly. Behind the scenes, you'll never know. I mean, you'll know when you look at them, the numbers change, but that's about it. Mm. You uh, won't get, like, any patch notes. You won't get disconnected. You'll, you'll get, like, a blue post on their forums late, the next day saying, BT Dubs, yesterday, we did these hotfixes. Oh, well, that's not fair. Moody will never know. She never goes to the forums. <laughs> hey, I did go to the forums. But, I, but, but I'm saying, like, if Square, if Square could figure out what it is in their tech that's preventing them from doing this, maybe they didn't design the client correctly. Maybe too many things are in the client. I don't really know. But if they, we could get at more hotfixes, that'll help them respond to our feedback quicker so we don't have the situation we have with Animos and Pagos and other similar content. 
I would, even if it's just a number change, what if Blue Mage comes out? It's just, this is too strong. This is too weak. They're going to take down the server so they can patch the game to fix Blue Mage. Like it's, that yeah, that in today's world, that's probably what they're going to have to do. So I really hope when they remove the 32-bit support and they're kind of digging into the the deep within their client, they like start thinking about these things for the long term. Or maybe, unfortunately, maybe their 10-year plan really is just a 10-year plan and that they're not going to bother. I don't know. We have to, we have to wait and see. So yeah, the last thing that they ask here is about the public dungeon. And they say, you know, it sounds like the finale of Eureka is going to be the ultimate experiment lab, figuring it all out. And they, they say, I'm excited. And Nakagawa says, I expect mixed opinions about the public dungeon, but it'll be really interesting to delve into it for those who might enjoy it. And Yoshida says, the overall consensus about it in the developer team is probably better to have it. The programmer. <laughs> what is that? He overall? says, he says, but, but the programmer has can you been. you that quote? I'm sorry. Can you just go back? I need to hear that He again. says, the overall consensus about it in the developer team is it's probably better to have it. <laughs> But the, probably. But, the, probably. but the programmer has been asking him, are you sure it's fine to have at this difficulty? <laughs> and Nakagawa says it took quite an effort to develop the challenge for everyone, but I feel like it was worth all the trouble. Please come and check it out. I would love an interview with them that just focuses on what they think difficulty is. <laughs> like a chart. I want to have like a chart and a scale. I want to map this out and be done with it once and for all. Because every interview <laughs> with them is like complete. Like I can't picture in my head what they perceive is difficult, moderate, easy. I I have no sense of scale with this company, like, or at least this team. It's really. Can we just good. say like, there's a picture of Nagasawa, uh, Nagasawa uh, below there. <laughs> And he looks like he's going to die soon. Like, his face is like... <laughs> he has a really sunken-in face, but... Oh, my God. I mean, Yoshi is always looks tired, too. I like, feel like Yoshi's a zombie die? half the time I see him on things. Well, oh, Yoshi- he looks healthy, Yoshi- though. Yoshida works, like, three jobs, so I'm surprised he even walks around. Yeah, <laughs> he's a director. He's a... Uh, he's a... Uh, he's a director and producer. Director, he's producer. on the board. He's... And he's a writer for Famitsu. <laughs> he does part write time, a blog for Famitsu. <laughs> casual. That's casual. But still. When he has the time. <laughs> he writes he articles about toilet Blizzcon. paper, so I don't know. Like... He, I didn't see him there this year. I was looking. <laughs> uh, I bet he was there. He probably was. He might have been. I was looking around. I don't know. I has like, anyone on Reddit posted anything? I don't know. I didn't see anything, no. I don't know. So we've got one. It could have been drowned out with the Diablo. We've got problem. one more. Speaking of, you know, BlizzCon and Blizzard and other companies, we've got one more quick little article to discuss here before we get going. Um, that somebody at VentureBeat.com believes that Square Enix is the grand company of being able to fix MMO problems and that Bethesda and Blizzard should learn from this. Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, four years ago. So, I mean, I know Not that when 1.0 four, came four. out, when 1.0 came out and that everybody five six yeah you know and that and that they 1.0 came out and it failed and then Yoshi came in and and blew up the world and fixed it it was it was really cool everyone was praising it but over time now like I don't know if we can still say that Square Enix still has a better business model going on than the other companies at this point I think I think what's important is to set the context in which why this article was written there is set it please. There has been a lot of drama for a lot of companies in the last six months. A lot of people have fucked up in like royally. Um, now, obviously, Such there are some people. Let's give us some examples. Bethesda and Blizzard have fucked up in numerous ways in the last six months. Okay, let's go uh, over Blizzard uh, first. How was Blizzard sure. fucked up? So Blizzard uh, had some drama at, at uh, BlizzCon where it announced to a Western PC fan base uh, that Diablo... <laughs> 
<laughs> that instead of a Diablo 4, not instead of, that right now they don't have anything to announce for Diablo 4 or Diablo 3, but they are coming out with a mobile game next year. Uh, and when the, when the fans booed, the guy on stage was kind of awkward. He's like, ah, like trying to play it off. He's like, you get, don't you guys have phones? <laughs> and when he said that, the community raged. And someone went in a Q&A went up to him. And I believe it was a Diablo 3 uh, streamer or something. And he went up in like a red shirt. And he's just like, hey, uh, he lied about what question he was going to ask to get up there. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the actual question he asked was, which was actually kind of scummy of him, but whatever. Like the actual question he asked was, is this an early April Fool's Day joke? <laughs> and the the tension in the entire room was apparently uh it was so bad i was one stage over in a different room for the wow panel and i heard this Ooh. and i'm just like what happened over there like, like, oh, looking left, like that seems weird and um we found out later that there were people carrying posters saying diablo red shirt guy call me you're my favorite like give me oh my god and like and i'm like what's going on and i check reddit while we're at the convention and i see what happened and i just go oh no but see wasn't the worst thing about this not even the fact that it's a diablo mobile because that has potential but isn't it literally just a chinese mobile game that already exists reskinned with diablo assets hold on hold on (laughs) it's by the same company and it uses a control scheme that's become very common and popular in that region but because they announced they were partnering with that company, which, by the way, is the company that already licenses WoW in that country for them. So it's not like it's uh-huh. new. But people don't know that who are Diablo fans. So they're like, oh, you're partnering with that evil fucking Chinese company. Oh, this is just like their other game. Oh, you just reskinned it. And, like, it's the timing and how they announced it was just yeah. so bad. And then with WoW, the way they an- announced their beta going into BFA and some of the issues with their systems, which they have, they have started course correcting now in the last couple of weeks. They just had a Q&A earlier where they announced like they're completely tossing away part of the system and redoing it in like three, three to five months to try to oh. help save face. So Thank that's you, Cargo good. Crab Colin, for the uh, subscription. Yeah, you're good. Oh. All right. And so like, you know, they've made steps, like at least their WoW team seems to be making steps to kind of correct course, but they still aren't communicating as well as they used to. Uh, their Diablo team is completely fucked. Their, their communication's garbage. Their PR, they've murdered anything they had. And then just three days ago, they canceled Heroes of the Storm's eSports League <laughs> uh, and removed... Yeah, that was really the- shitty. Like right before Christmas, yep. like yep. this whole, whole uh, league of uh, people, like sportscasters, like all these people whose like, jobs depend on the eSports scene of Heroes of the Storm, you're laid off right before Christmas. Yep, and uh, not, and you have to find a whole new career path. Not just you're laid off; your career path is dead. You now need to pivot to a different product or service, or find something else. And on top of that, their dev team—they said a large portion of it was going to get shifted to other games, uh, so that content updates would be slowed down for the product. So anyone who was still going to play the game, regardless of the esports scene, now can look forward to slower updates. Look so, forward to and, it. And I understand <laughs> that the game wasn't doing as well, so I totally saw this coming. But again, think about the timing. And also the way it was announced was a forum or a, a social media post by the CEO. Uh. Who's brand new, by the way. He's only been a CEO for two months. This is also the guy that, while I don't think he's a bad guy, and I think he did a lot of great work about five years back when he was on like heading WoW and stuff, he has had some friction with the community in the past. When people asked for vanilla servers, he was the one who was quoted as saying, you think you do, but you don't. 
<laughs> which, which to be funny, I still think it has some small truth to it. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out next year. I mean, but, but yeah, some some truth to it. I, we'll see. Uh, um, so again, Blizzard it seems to be correcting course with some of their teams. Like I know their WoW team is correcting course. StarCraft team seems kind of just steady, but their Diablo team is screwed. Here's the team storm just got gutted and the yeah, PR fallout's been awful. So Overwatch, it's the numbers are falling, but they haven't said anything yet. So who knows what's going to happen there? So again, they lost because of this Diablo thing. Just so you know, because like I have some Blizzard stock, so I keep track of it. They went from 85, they're now at 47. Like Oof. over the course of two months, two, two months since they, October, they've lost almost half of the value of their shares. So. They're definitely going to correct course because we always we've seen Blizzard do this. We know they're going to correct course. But, so buy stock now. But so yeah, basically buy stock now. But ba- Activision Blizzard stock. But basically, even though we know they're going to correct course, like these, they're not the only company fucking up. Like Bethesda, um, <laughs> with Fallout, is that where we're going with here? Yeah, we're really seventy six now. Really, okay. Yeah, really briefly. So really, really yeah. briefly, because like. Everyone I talk to and listen to like says like seventy six is the worst thing ever, except for our previous hosts, uh, Nate and or excuse me, Nero and Kahlo. They yeah. love the game, and they're like the they only stream it all the time too. And checkpoint, I don't. Have, have you seen the videos talking about how there's a lawsuit going on because it's so bad? Because of the fucking bag, not just the bag. No, what? apparently, like like the the false advertising for what the game is too. Really? They're not, okay, it hasn't gone well, through yet. Has it gone hold, through hold yet? Hold on, hold on. What what's uh, what what false advertising for the game? I don't know the details. I'll have to find the article for you. But there was there was potential lawsuit. They didn't actually happen. But the bag yeah. one's real. The bag one's legit now. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah well, well, that. <laughs> the God. best part is they gave streamers an actual nice bag, like the one they advertised, like and and like podcasters and stuff. Wait, what? Then, yeah. Apparently, some some community members, uh, Bethesda, did give them like legit bags. But um, but but the average person got got like a piece oh, of shit. Wait, so no. what was the promo? What was the promise here? It was like a deluxe big, like a Kevlar uh, bag, yeah. like you know, like something like you know, like an army bag with like that kind of like thick material and stuff. And then instead, you got like you know those shitty bags you get like at uh, college uh, like orientations that are like all plastic and flimsy. Oh yeah, it. It, there's a lot a of couple like community game, people I, got the good one. Yeah, let me just throw out a few things. The there's there's difficulty in spawns that don't make sense that people have complained about in the game. There is uh graphical issues that are so poor, such as sun shafts from a sun going through a fucking mountain. I saw that one online. That was amazing. And there's also a lack of uh, there was a lot of criticism based on the lack of NPCs and uh, humanoid people and while you're right it makes sense to the story that's mostly robots and stuff like that uh people who prefer the single player games just felt like even though they were expecting a survival online component they there was also quotes from tom howard at bethesda saying that they were going to get a uh a game that was good for both fallout fans and other stuff so i think tom howard may have misled people in some ways so there's a bunch of news outlets and a couple of youtubers covering ways that he may have misled the community and it just blew up into this big drama and a lot of people bought it tried it and just were not happy with the beta and then not happy with the launch and the pr from bethesda has been like oh we know there's a lot of bugs we're on it so as far as i know there hasn't been a lot of outreach from them 
So I think the way they announced things and the way they set expectations was the biggest killer here. Like, regardless of any graphical glitches, it's a Bethesda game. What have you ever expected, like, right. like it to be good on launch, right? There's always some bugs. But the problem is there's no mods for this, right? So the modders can't fix it. Uh, this is the same engine they're quoted as using for the next Elder Scrolls and uh, Starfield game that they announced. That has people worried about the viability of those products because this engine seems so buggy. So, again, maybe, maybe nothing there, but people are speculating and they're upset. So when all this kind of came together... It even caused some people, I saw some other people I was talking to, they're like, you know, now that I think about it, uh, none of the Bethesda games I've played have been working on launch. Wow, wait, wh- why have I accepted this? And like some people <laughs> who were fans are actually starting to retroactively be like, wait, have I been like having Stockholm Syndrome this whole time? What the fuck am I doing? So I'm not saying everything they did is wrong. And I know they're updating Fallout 76 and they're definitely trying to correct course. But the PR of how they spun this, how they marketed this and how they you know, did all this stuff for the end user was just horribly timed. And I think that's the theme, whether it's Blizzard or Bethesda or a handful of other companies. Um, remember the drama with Battlefront last year or the EA. year before, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Well, they, well, EA, you almost expected this point. <laughs> yeah. But, but the point is, we, no one expects that from Activision, Blizzard, and Bethesda until now, right? It's, it's right. almost like now everyone's putting them in Blizzard and Bethesda in the bucket with EA and going, oh my God, how could they let things get this bad? And in some cases, they did. They actually had a poor game design decision or they had technical problems with their game. But the biggest part of all these things, the common thread, is miscommunication. It's either lack of communication, which is Blizzard's issue, or poor timing and communication, which is the issue for both Bethesda and and uh, Blizzard. But I feel now like, they... but this okay. article comes out praising Square Enix. And while I, I, I kind of see some of the points as you're talking about the issues the other companies mm-hmm. are having, but like I... As a longtime Square Enix fan and player of the games, I don't feel like they really are succeeding in all of those areas where these other companies are not. They're not. That's my point. The thing is, Square Enix had this one moment, what, six years back? They had this one moment, five, six years back, where they did the unthinkable and they spent a lot of money and they apologized to their fans and they decided to communicate more. And to be fair, compared to a lot of other people, Yoshida is one of the better voices uh, in terms of speaking out as a developer and outreaching to the community. That is true. But, but Eastern companies, Japanese companies, have never had as good of a communication strategy as yeah. the West. Yeah. Like, like traditionally, um, companies like Blizzard have been the ones to have a lot of communication with their communities and developers and go back and forth. And And to be fair, I think that's still true to an extent. I just think they've had missteps recently. But the problem is... Yoshida made one good call and had a great job for a year or two, but he has just kind of stayed the course since then and not evolved, has not innovated. So if you're going to praise that company for their decision, it's a decision they made when they screwed up. It was a retroactive decision. With these companies, Blizzard and Bethesda, they can't just react. They need to react and actually change their behavior. Do you actually think Square Enix has changed their behavior fundamentally since that game, I think, yeah, a little bit. They definitely do look for feedback more in all their games. Like even 15, they had a beta for it, which was new, right? But they, I don't think they go far enough. So I think if you say Square Enix is the model to go, to go after, that's just saying other companies need to fix their problem and then they can coast. And I don't think that's enough. Yeah. I think I think everyone needs to fix their problem and learn from it and continue to do better. And I know that we've gotten a commitment from 
Blizzard for some of their teams for doing better, but not for other teams at Blizzard. And I know that Bethesda was really silent for the first few weeks, haven't really followed up in the last couple on what's happening with 76. So maybe Jux, do you know? I don't know. Yeah, uh-uh. no, no idea. Yeah. No, so no I, hopefully they're hopefully they're outreaching and hopefully they're gonna communicate better and fix some issues quickly so that people can have more fun. I mean, luckily, Nero and Kahlo seem to be enjoying themselves. I know a few other people are, but it's not enough, right? And I, and it's awesome that there are fans out there willing to be patient and hold out when we have problems, right? Which There's is what people... we were doing with 1.0. Like, I played exactly. 1.0 and I was holding out. I was like, this game's going to get better. I know it is, and it right. did. And, and there's still people out there playing Diablo 3, hoping that Diablo 4 is on the horizon, right? But there's others who've left for Path of Exile. There's still people playing WoW, hoping BFA is going to improve now that they have a commitment from the devs that the system issues they're having are changing. But there's also others that have left for other games. So, like, it, you don't know what's going to happen. Fallout 76, some of them have left to play other games, right? A lot of them. Some of them have started a lawsuit because of a bag. Like, it, it's a mixed bag, right? Some, be- people, some people are patient. Some people are not. Yeah. Some people are patient. Some people are not. And, and I think the only way to get through this, if these companies don't want to lose their customers, is they, can't, they should look at Square as an example, but they shouldn't look at them as a standard, if that makes sense. Yeah, like this article, I was going to talk about it for a little bit, listed, you know, how all these other companies are having some problems and that, you know, Final Fantasy XIV was launched in 2010 to universally negative reviews. Um, but then the company did a lot of things that most game companies don't do, first and foremost being apologizing. You know, he literally said, well, more than two months have passed since the launch of the game. We deeply regret that the game has yet to achieve the level of enjoyability that Final Fantasy fans have come to expect from the franchise, and we offer our sincerest apologies. How many of these other companies have apologized? Uh, actually, a lot. Um, have they? Maybe, yeah. Because so I know, like, well, like, look at freaking EA, though, with the Mass Effect Andromeda launch. Like, that had is, so many issues, and instead of, like, yeah. apologizing, like, no, man, that's, like, that's supposed to be like that. So, Fall 76, <laughs> I think Bethesda apologized for the technical issues, but I don't know if they commented on the design issues of the game. So, that's kind of up in the air. Uh-huh. Uh, Blizzard has not apologized for Diablo because they think, they, they don't think they... It was a bad thing to just announce mm-hmm. a new game. And to be fair, there's some truth there, honestly. Yeah. I think they're, but they could have done better with PR. And with when it comes to the WoW stuff, the main issue is with their Azerite system. They have come out and said as recently as this week, actually, they came out and said, we know it's not exciting. We know it has problems. And the next raid tier will be the last to use the system in the state. We know you're not having fun. We know you're not happy. And See, we that's good. It. Like, they don't, better. They, I wish yeah, that no. Square Enix would acknowledge yeah. that with our raid now, tiers. It's just kind of talk are... right now. It's just talk. Right. They need to take action. And it's the same with Square. Square Square sometimes does acknowledge us just like they do, but they also need to take action. I think a lot of companies right now are just, they're either not reacting at all, and that's the worst of them, or they are reacting, but it's a lot of words, and we're not seeing the result. And we need to see that quicker, I think. And it, it comes back to process. What if Square just, because it's such a big company, just like Blizzard and Bethesda, what if they're not able to turn things around quickly enough how many fans will they lose how many people like mooney are only going to check their primary website and aren't going to check all the the posts and stuff and realize when they've made changes what if what you could lose someone like that as a customer and they might never come back because they wouldn't know they wouldn't hear about it naturally that the problems have been fixed it's a dangerous ground for a developer to screw up that badly that's true um so for those people who don't know you know what they did after 1.0 
completely failed. They listed a few other things here. Like they extended the free trial instead of paying twelve ninety nine. It it was free to everyone and, and literally in their their thing was this will be a free game until we can make it good enough to be worth paying for. And that was big. That was the yeah, that first was time huge. any company had done that. That was Pretty huge. Respectable. That I thought so too. And and that's when they reassigned um, Yoshida to take over. Um it says that he actually had been working on a different passion project but abandoned that to help save the Final Fantasy franchise. I didn't realize that. I think I think uh, originally he was working on like arcade games for Square Enix or something. Mm. <laughs> I remember reading the interviews about who's. Uh, I'm like, well, he's worked on arcade games and maybe something with Dragon Quest once, and then uh, yeah, now he. But he's a real big fan of Western MMOs. I remember that was the tagline when yeah, during yeah. 10 when they hired him. So. I mean. <laughs> All right. Um, but then they also did in-depth interviews with the game team about the issues and how they repeatedly would commit and give their commitment to improve the experience. Um, there was a regular blog published in Japanese and English from the new producer with Yoshida. I remember that was the biggest thing that, you know, Eleven had Tanaka in charge. And yeah. Tanaka was like your stereotypical businessman in a suit. He'd come out with a serious face, give his announcements and peace out. And then we get Yoshida coming in where like day one, he's like, here's a poll. What do you want to see first? We're going to get started. And I was like, holy shit, the director's talking to us and he wants to know what we think. Like, yeah. I remember that being huge. But it's funny because for a development team, it's a double edged sword. I mean, I remember back um 2008, something like that. There was a, a person on the dev team for I think it was WoW at the time. And uh, now he works for Riot. His name was uh, Greg Street. Uh, his nickname is Ghostcrawler. And he was one of the first developers in uh, the West, actually, to do a lot of outreach with the community and write blog posts about why he did what he did, why the balance was changed, why the systems were altered, why it's important to think this way versus this way. And so, you know, right or wrong, whether you agreed or didn't, it was awesome to have that kind of visibility into the thought process of the team. And he's carried that over. He works at Riot Games now, you know, League of Legends people, and he still does that, and it's awesome. But he got a lot of death threats. Uh, really? They, they, yeah, they made some changes at one point that people didn't like, and they actually uh, got a lot of death threats. They Google mapped his house, called, found his home number. Oh, no. It, and it wasn't just him. It was actually two other community members of their community team as well they were threatening. And it, it blew up into a big drama for a while where Blizzard at one point was considering banning developers from speaking uh, and letting it all get filtered through the community team. Yeah. Um, and and it, it's it's you take a risk as a developer when you are the face. Mm-hmm. whether Because it's not always your decision. Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. Now, in Yoshida's case, you could technically say it always is technically his decision, but even if he's not the person directly responsible for that piece of content. So it's interesting, but he is taking a risk. And he, I think you have to respect that. Like when someone could come out and not only apologize, but take that risk and be the public face, it's a big deal. So what you're saying is I need to start sending Yoshi death threats? <laughs> oh my yeah. god. If you, if you want someone else to speak, yeah. <laughs> okay, hold on. Let's not do that, please. Yeah, let, That's not the takeaway from this article, okay? I thought, I thought old LBR was the one who had a bad relationship with SC. I thought you guys yeah, wanted to... Yeah, we're supposed to oh completely... No, we are, uh, we are starting fresh. Reset. Re- hit the reset button. Um, but then also they, you know, recommitted internal resources. They relaunched 14, um, in 2013 with a much higher reviews across the board and that legacy players, people who did pay when the game wasn't that great, got extra things. Like I still have a subscription discount and it's amazing. Um, including having my names in the credits for Realm Reborn, which is pretty awesome. So they listed a whole bunch of like lessons here that you can learn from Square Enix. Honestly, that, that last part about the people who do stick around, reward them. That's big. Most companies yeah. don't do that. I'll give that one to Square. That's actually something I, I haven't seen before from uh, another company. 
personally. Yeah, that's true. Like, I, like to this day, I still have a reduced subscription fee. Like, it's it's pretty that's, awesome. That's big. The yeah. fact that they're willing for you to pay less money. I mean, it's to only them, like three bucks, but it's awesome. That's you know? a, yeah. that's still a lot it's, of their revenue. It is. If, Right. If that's like, imagine if it was like, I don't know, like even 50,000 players that were legacy yeah. players that still yeah. play today, they're losing $3 times. That's a lot of money that they're yeah. losing in revenue because you guys are loyal. And that's awesome that they're willing to do that. And I yeah. think that other companies, if they get into a situation that is as bad as that, I don't think anyone right now is quite in that situation. But if they did get into that situation as bad as that, um, like, for example, if you consider Fallout 76 to be in that situation, then I think that maybe the people who bought the game already before a certain time should deserve some other bonus or reward. You know what I mean? Like yeah. That's something to do. I don't think 76 is that bad. I don't. I was saying if, if you thought that, but that's the only one like, I know of right now that's like... Like, some people are enjoying 76, but I don't think anyone enjoyed one point. <laughs> Actually, uh, my, roommate, no, my roommate in college no, did, and I don't know no. why or what? how... See, 1.0 like, had a 1. decent 0 story. At the start. At the start, I'm it didn't serious. even have it didn't even have a hardware mouse. It had a software mouse. So literally, I, you could I, not I, click I, on anything. The mouse was like the I slowest was, possible thing ever. I was in the alpha and the beta for one o. When it, the day it launched, I tried to kill a rabbit. It rained, and my PC died. <laughs> and I got upset. And I went to my roommate, and he went, "It's just some bugs. They're gonna fix it." And I was like, "You realize you can only level up to a certain point, and then XP slows down, right?" He goes, "Yeah, but I feel like that's probably a good decision." And I was like, "Really?" And like a month later, the company's like, "Yeah, we we should probably remove that system." <laughs> yeah, there was XP. There was XP fatigue. So once you got so much XP yeah. per day, you got like way but, less. Extreme but that's less. but that's my point. Sometimes you get people who are just so brand loyal. They will just see. Ignore. I I was fairly brand loyal. I feel like fairly? Square <laughs> a lot actually. <laughs> I mean, I buy every Final Fantasy game. Um, I don't love them Not all. Tactics? No, I have tactics. Yeah, well, I just haven't played it. That? Gosh, fine, I'll play it. Um, but I feel like I was sticking around with 1.0. Like, I still had, like, you know, myself and Surin and, like, some of our friends would do, like, leave quests and we'd level up together and we would, we had, like, a static to, like, get a live quest, do it, and then, like, you'd purposefully fail the leave quest and then you can redo the same one. Oh my God. <laughs> for XP grinding. Like, that was the whole thing. And so I was, I did that for so long and I, I mean, I remember I spent my first time, my second time of extra life, it was like 2012, extra life. I spent half of extra life just shouting and in, in uh, like Ulda and trying to get people to do the final story quest of 1.0. Nika, do you hear oh yourself right now? Do you hear yourself right now? Fairly loyal? You're the problem. You're one of those people that you just described. You're like, well, I'm kind of loyal. I only insert thing about a cult here. Like that's, like that's basically what you just did. Like, holy shit. So, yeah, and like, yeah. But like, it, the story was good enough and it was a Final Fantasy game and there wasn't another one because like, look at where 13 was and how much I hated that game and then how 15 was not anything ever to be announced at that point. So it was like, this is what I have to play. This is my Final Fantasy fix and this is what I'm going to do. And I mean, yeah, I, I stuck it out and it got better. Good game. What? I said the problem with that analogy is that 13's a good game though. It's not. And though. 15's a really I game i like 13 actually oh well, let's, okay let's not let's not make that our discussion thank you. i didn't love it i didn't love it i thought like, there's a lot wrong with 13. The story, all right. the story is garbage but the action it was okay it's all right i was very like neutral in that game i was like i, I kind of like this i was like slightly i haven't positive. beat 13 because i hated it so much it, was it doesn't bad. get the rap it deserves i think no nah, i think i think that actually i read an article once that said 13 was the most polarized final fantasy game 
Like, there's no other FF game that's that split down the oh, middle. Oh, probably, I agree. Like, most people keep saying, oh, it's really bad, or, or, it's, other, or it's really good, and it, it truly is one of those games that's, like, right down the middle of the player base. Like, it's it's really weird. At 15, I think, uh, is similar, but I can't tell. If I think more people like 15 better. than 13. I think it's slightly more liked than 13 yeah, was overall. Is. It is for sure, probably. Um, but let's let's finish this article. You can wrap this up. Um, so the, the the lessons apparently that other companies can learn from from Square Enix is that they don't have a PR problem; it's a trust problem. Yep. And that exactly. it's not the, a specific PR agency, marketing person, or community manager. It needs to be addressed directly to the fans by the CEO or top creator or something. If you rely on lower level people, it's likely to do more harm than good. Yeah, and I agree. And that's why I think that, like, you know, recently, like, you know, some of the companies like, you know, Blizzard had the game director for WoW come out and talk about how one of the systems clearly isn't working out. It's going to change. But they haven't had the CEO come out and explain why, like, mm-hmm. why he would cancel Heroes of the Storm in December and why a month after telling fans it's coming back next year. Yeah. When I have all those people lose their job. that's But, but see, but Square like, Enix is also I'm, making this mistake with the FF15 but, DLC cancellation, but I feel like. But I'm saying sometimes it's not the company. Sometimes it's the team in the company. There might be one team that acknowledges a mistake and tries to do better and another team that completely goes off the fucking rails. And other times it's the whole company and it's just the culture. It's not like one thing in isolation. Like these people are fucking up in this way. These yeah. people are fucking up this way. I think the problem is we've had so many issues, whether it's trust-related community-related, PR-related, or just technical and game design issues from so many big companies in the last, like, three months that it's just kind of overwhelming for a lot of people. So it's like it's Final Fantasy fourteen is the gold child right now. I, I think a lot of the fans of fourteen are, can look at Square Enix right now and go, wow, I think some of these people need to do what you did back then. The yeah. problem is I hope if they do take that advice, they don't do what fourteen did and kind of stay the course i want them to continue to get better continue to innovate and i don't know if yoshida really did yeah that. i think that's what yoshida's falling into that trap where he did so much good and people praised him so then he got to a point where he's like good we're at that a level be. we're at a level of good let's stay there and it kind of everything just kind of rides out right now and it's not it's not bad but it's not getting better either yeah mm-hmm. i think that's a problem um the next thing on here it says you know we've talked about this one is that they need to admit fault apologize and explain which we were just talking about it does say in here that blizzard's yep. response was don't you have mobile phones <laughs> you know <That's>, yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it says that in here yep. i would have said that oh, i mean God, it was i think horrible. the problem was that the person on the stage in that particular situation was just trying to diffuse the tension yeah yeah he just fucked up <laughs> that was <laughs> I mean, a bad idea it, it was a good line for people to latch yeah. on to. That's yeah. all. Yeah, and it's funny because he's the one who saved Diablo three when they because that that game launched poorly and the expansion they came out with saved it, and he was mm-hmm. the one who led that effort. <laughs> but so it's ironic that the guy yeah. who like saved Diablo three is also the one that went. Don't you guys have phones? Oh shit! Like they clearly put him up there and knew he was going to get fucked over. Like they, I feel so bad for that man. Like, ugh. yeah. Uh, next on here is fast is good, but thorough is better. You know, because, you know, it took Square Enix a while to announce what they were going to do. And they, you know, took the game down. They had a long term end solution. Um, Immediate responses are necessary. But, you know, it shows that, you know, taking your time and making a better game is always going to be better in the end. Yeah, but Square was thorough with that initial launch. It's it's after that the thoroughness, I feel like, kind of stopped. And it was just kind of like, all right, quick cycle. That's true. But like I. Quick, easy, yeah. repetitive cycle. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like easy sustainability. Like, it's funny because if someone made the announcement today, uh, we are going to be cutting some of the Squirtic staff and setting up FF14 for uh, long-term sustainability. 
and basically redid that Heroes of the Storm article with with FF14, I would have just assumed, okay, so we're it's the same. So we're just going to get this nice, even content pace. Like it's we don't just get anything. Yeah, we don't get anything that exciting right now. We just get it quickly. Like every three months, we're guaranteed to get something, but it's formulaic and it's like the same thing. I like some of it, but it it wears on you, and I think it's it it. It makes burnout easier to happen because you yeah. kind of know what you, know what you're happening. There's no sense of uh, mystery. There's no sense of oh, what's this going to be like? And yeah, it's just who knows. So then maybe Squareness could learn from themselves when it comes to the next one, recognizing and listening to your loyal fans because they did that. They did yes, that at the did. beginning, but now I feel yeah. like they're not listening as much as they were. Yeah, um, that, and that's so. why this article is ironic. It's like do the thing Square Enix did. It's like great. Can you can Square Enix also can read this article? They that? do that as well. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, I would. Yeah, it's not that the article's wrong. It's a hundred percent correct. It These is. Companies do need to do this, but it kind of hides the fact that you know Square Enix could probably use a refresher as well. Yep. And then it says providing a roadmap to recovery. So they they did do that at the beginning. I feel like right. fourteen would even benefit now from being like this is our plan of content, how we're going to add stuff in the future, even if it's vague. Just to give us an yeah. idea that they're not going to just well, keep giving us circle rooms, though, right? I mean, I guess that's too that's too slow. You need like a, like some companies do try to put a roadmap up. It's rare, but some companies do put a roadmap up of like the next six months or like or whatever. But the problem is, it depends how fast the team is. If the team is very agile, they might not have a roadmap of the next six months. They may only know the next two to three. Yeah, and, and I feel like they probably different. have so many ideas and start developing things and push it back that they don't let us know about that if they try to make a roadmap they'd be held way more accountable than they might have the manpower to to do right i mean the good the yeah. good news is that whenever patch patch cycles aside we know ff14's expansion launches are always really really solid really really fun stories hyped and that's I true think somebody mentioned in the chat 5 is still bringing the hype that's true it's always going to bring the hype but square enix it, is really good at hype yeah, i mean that's but, one thing they're always good at but we just need some substance so that the we always expect a fall off after the expansion, but we need some substance so that the fall off isn't as drastic as it has been. So the fall off comes back. Yeah. <laughs> and not just not just two years later, maybe so like just three months. It falls up instead of down. Yeah, that gotta put the graph the other way. Flip it upside down. Yep. There you go. Juxta, flip the graph for us. We'll fix Turn it. Turn that frown upside down. Yes. Think about it. <laughs> becomes a smile afterwards. Oh wow, you really wow. Had to, you really had to explain that joke? Well you you didn't seem to understand it, so no one no one laughed, so he probably had to... <laughs> I mean we <laughs> it, it is not a new thing here at LBR that we don't laugh at Jux's jokes. That's, <laughs> that's... But my jokes are the best. Mayhaps. Alright, so that's basically that article. So I mean there's a lot to take away from that. Thank you, Strife, for uh, providing all that insight on the other companies because I mean I've heard bits and pieces, but I don't follow the other companies that strongly, so Yeah, no problem. Alright, so we've got I don't know how much time we have left. We kind of we don't really have a time frame we're going with right now. We have one email, so I guess maybe we should read it. Um How how long is it? Because we're it, already like it, we're already at three It's a little bit long, right. but like I don't wanna end up doing what we were doing last time where we would push emails off so then all of a sudden we'd be reading emails like four patches later and they didn't I mean, make sense anymore. It's just one email, right? It's, it's one email one. and so back it's in It's like the... three pages long. Okay, then it's just a lot of caps. Do you just want yell, to... just yell it? I need you to yell the email. It is a lot of caps and it says it used to be on Fuck You Fridays on Reddit, that's why it's in caps. But um I mean I can read it or Juxy, you can read it, but if you read it it might take forever. Um so what? 
What? Way back in our original inception of LBR, we used to do what's called FMFFLs. Um, some of you longtime fans it's may fun remember fools. those from Fools. Uh, Fuck My Final Fantasy Life, which was uh, following in the tales of the FML Fuck My Life hashtags that were going around for a long time. Um, they used to be just like Twitter, short Twitter posts that would, you know, talk about what would happen in your day, but none of them became novels. So we, get, we uh, have somebody who is actually reading and listening, reading, listening to our old shows and decided to send in an M of FFL. FM, FFL? Yeah, that's how you All say right, it. All right, shut up. I'll start reading it. You want to read it? Okay. <clears throat> this is from Frumpy Raccoon, World of LBR, Battle for a Nero. A Nero roke to a strange... No, no, stop race. that. Stop that right now. What? Stop. Wait, no, he's reading, the, the, he's reading the fanfic. Thing, he's it? reading the fanfic. Don't touch wait, that wait, fanfic. Wait, 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 no. It wasn't another of his various sexual. No, stop. 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 I can't. I can't. How do I get him off of this channel? (laughs) No. If I have anything to do with this, we will never read another fanfic ever again on the show. Get out. Get out. Fine. Read your email. Read your email. (laughs) No, chat. Chat. Do not encourage this. Do not encourage this. Okay. So I actually don't know who the email is from. He didn't sign it with a character name or server. So it's it's from Mysterious Person Number One. And uh they said, Hey LBR crew. I know I'm a bit late to the party, but I've been going through your old stuff starting on the pilot and currently got move your marker and stop highlighting stuff because you're blocking the words. Thank you. Um starting <laughs> on the pilot and currently on episode forty five. I love the show and I'm sad to see the news about the host leaving, but I get it. I'm feeling the fatigue too as a person who started in 3.1. But I have a hell of an FMFFL if you still do those at this point, which we don't, but I'll always read them if you send them to us. Uh, we always do them. Thank I mean, you very if much. If people send them to us, we'll do them. But people yeah. stopped sending them, so we stopped doing them. So this so this always- um completely depends on you guys as players and listeners to send us these filmfuls. Um, they said, this is a story from a little while ago, but it still makes me angry to this day. It okay. is in all caps because it's from a Reddit post. I'm not entirely sure. I'm not going to scream it. Oh. Yeah, I do it loud. I'm not doing it loud. I'm, not, I'm not a Nero, and I refuse to feeling, get, just get louder feeling, when it's capital. But it, the entire louder. the entire post is an uppercase. Then you have to do it loud. That's make no. make it with emphasis, okay? Not loud. So I do my Nero. So there I am. No, not like that. <laughs> get angry. Get angry. Right? I can't be angry. I'm not an angry person. You want me to do it, Nika? You want to read a stripe? You can read. I'll read. I'll read. You can't have a guest host read the email. We could. No, no, you can do it, Nika. Oh, fine. Get okay. It, Nika. He says, so there I am. I can't be angry. Um, just got home after a big shift, waiting for my partner. I decided to queue up for some good old leveling roulette, and I get into fucking Sestasha. Fine, whatever. Could be Orin Vale, so it's cool. I look at the people I'm with. Oh, look, one of them is a new healer and naked, a ninja and a gladiator. None are synced. Well, maybe we can get this done pretty fast, even though they're all super low level. There's a little optimism in there. Then they start walking, not running. <laughs> no. They fucking nice. pressed whatever button Square Enix decided to fucking let them press to pretend to be adventurers. So they just <laughs> stroll casually down the way and just doing the usual role play garbage. <laughs> now. Moody. Is that you? Oh is this you? <laughs> I walk all the time! <laughs> it <laughs> is you! Why? Oh my <laughs> It says now it should be noted they were doing their jobs correctly, I guess, and it would have been a great fucking clear if they weren't fucking walking. 
Casual stroll through the dungeon, gentlemen. So casual I stroll. asked them to stop role playing and just go on with the dungeon. And then I did it five times. They just kept going on about how he was going to be the next Hokage or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> we make slow fucking progress. They keep role playing. They keep fucking walking. And they were doing just fucking well enough to make me think, oh, maybe, just fucking maybe we can finish this. And then we get to the last room with all of the mobs. We cleared about 10 times. I'm fucking sure they were doing this just to fucking piss me off at this point. But whatever. We're at the end. Eventually, they'll get tired of this and get on with it. Oh, wait. It's been a fucking hour. (laughs) So I decided to just let them do their thing and go downstairs to get a beer. Hopefully come back to some not whatever the hell it is they're doing. When I fucking come back, though, I see that pretty much when I left and died, they did nothing but beckon me and beckon me. And then after that fucking hour that I suffered with them, they fucking kicked me out of the dungeon. Dude, this is very bad uh, bad of you. If you're, if you're going to fucking roleplay, do it cool. on a fucking private dungeon. Don't drag other fuckers into it and waste their fucking life. I agree. Wait, 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 wait. wait. If he had just walked along with the rest of the group, this wouldn't have happened. <laughs> wait, he was really mad. <laughs> I mean, a, you have to assimilate. The story, the story continues, however, as one of the fucks in there replied on Reddit and got guilted for it with this, what? this dungeon is brought to you by Team Helpful. <laughs> so I go on the lodestone, search Team Helpful, and there they are. Oh my god! <laughs> so I would love to give a very special shout out to the wonderful fucks at Team Helpful. Join them on Cactuar. Their info is on the lodestone. Find them. They still exist, sadly. Join Captain SG, leader of the shitstorm, the glorious white mage, Terrace Ty, what even in that name, and Thurston Waffles, continuing the naming trend. Management must be great in there with names like these. <laughs> I feel bad calling them out, but this is not this is not me. This is their post. Abhorrent poet was one of the dungeon runners. <laughs> his poetry probably sucks as much as his tanking. <laughs> and Gray Moore is the third dungeon runners who thinks up these names. Hashtag FMFFL. Okay. Mooney, you have some interesting uh, link shells. Are these your friends? (laughs) What? Hey! (laughs) I don't know. All right, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You know, say go harass those people because they they do what they do. But I do agree yeah. that if you're gonna do a role play dungeon like that, you should not probably br- bring in a random person. I agree. I would agree. So that's, um, that's... it sounds like something that me and Kala would do. So it kind of this does. Is a great idea. <laughs> no. uh, team helpful, and I'm actually sad that I didn't think of this earlier. No, I so... like to. I like to RP ironically. Me, it's like what? <laughs> what oh, do you do? I can't. He just says that, it. but he's actually RPing in serious. But yeah. he says it's ironic, so that way he's cooler than everyone else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Gets it. This guy knows. Uh huh. Uh huh. No, because running dungeons with Jux and Callow equals two ninjas giving all the hate to the healers and moving uh, around no. markers in twenty-four man so that people keep bitching. At <laughs> Sorry, you. it could be worse. Tanky with Nika is just like wondering why she doesn't know what provoke does. What? Uh, what are you talking about? What? What? This is not the LBR where we all make fun of each other. This is a nice... I I feel like we've been regressing the last half hour. We we kind of have been. You just called people out on live on this podcast. Yeah, Nick, that was really rude of you. These three innocent people that you just called out, and you put it under the guise of, well, I didn't write it, so it's cool. Yeah, wow. It's cool. I'm not being vindictive. Was it my email? 
No. <laughs> I'm fine. Okay, she Captain. Said, don't go harass them. Captain don't. SG, Terrace Ty, Thurston Waffles, Airport Poet, and Gray Moores. I like you, but. Yeah. You but, do your thing, but also over but, there. Do it, yeah, do it over there. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do it, but not here. Do they it. Have to go somewhere else. A private dungeon. Like, yeah, a private dungeon. Like, unsink it or something, or like, get someone, a fourth person in there with you so you don't, like, okay. bring private in. Dungeons. To each their own. Pri- Just <laughs> let them do it over there. Those are my kind of dungeons. Hell yeah. I, I actually right. do wonder the mentalities of people that go in with random people and walk the entire dungeon. I don't know if I would... I've never experienced that, knock on wood. I I would probably... So you're not one of the people that does that? I don't do that! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie. I kind of want to do this now. <laughs> Team Helpful is with the inspiration here. I am willing to queue up for a dungeon and RP through the entire thing, walking casually. One. I would have to do it on my ninja so I could be stealth and walking. Oh my god. <laughs> oh no. Now that's intense. I'm going to do it as the tank. And just as... see who pulls. <laughs> I feel like I've, if I'm even like somewhat slow sometimes in a dungeon, the DPS will pull. Oh, That's exactly what will happen. Oh no, what was that? What the heck? Uh, that's a fucking sponsored... Oh no, there it is. Oh, hashtag charity... Uh, giving a, a hundred bits to charity? Yeah, so apparently if you hashtag charity, Twitch is doing a thing. I didn't realize that. It's called Blizzard of Bits. If you hashtag charity when you donate bits, it gives the bits for the direct relief fund. 11 more days to show support on this. Hmm. Okay, I didn't did realize that. that. So that's cool. There's so far about $147,836 raised towards charity when you hashtag charity. So if you want to donate bits to charity and not to LVR, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do that! We're doing charity right now, I guess. But we still do have, I think we still do have the PayPal links open if you want to support us. I know we don't have our, our Patreon open anymore, but... Um... Oh my gosh, Nika, you're just trying to sidestep this charity thing. I'm not actually, hey, I just no, realized we I'm forgot like, to talk hey, about it. Walking. But if you don't want to donate to charity... No, you please do donate to charity. <laughs> Give me money instead. If you want to donate to charity, my extra life page is still on the bottom bar below us. You could actually click oh. on that. Oh, so it's, it's cool if they donate to your charity, but not to No, so, uh, all charities are good. Wow. As long as you vet them and make sure they're good charities. That's wow. okay. Um, but no, part of that was all part of the outro. So unless, do you guys uh, have any final words to say? Or are you, any shout outs? <laughs> no, I'm good. No, Mooney, thanks, I'm for, actually... thanks for coming. Oh, no problem. <laughs> do you, have, if, you, I, you can give I, some I, shout outs to some friends it? if you want. Yeah, are you regretting being here? No, not at all. Oh, that's good. It was She's cool. Lying. Maybe we haven't no, scared you I'm away not. and you'll come back someday. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna be I'm a fan. I oh, like you yay. guys on Facebook and follow you on Twitter. Yay. And where else do you have things? Oh, that's like, a good Instagram. question. We well we don't use that Instagram. Oh, don't follow that. Remember, she doesn't follow a lot of social media, so you have to like <laughs> We're on the YouTube. We have YouTube, in. we have uh oh, Twitter, we have Twitch, we have Facebook, and we have limitbreakradio.com as our actual official website. Um, we also have the Discord, which you are now in, and I think that's it. I don't have a real outro plan. Maybe I should write one. That was fine. Oh, um, <laughs> oh good. I just looked. Uh, apparently, on the FAQ, if, uh, uh, it says, if I cheer using hashtag charity, does the streamer still receive the full share they would normally receive? Absolutely. It's a season of giving. So we still get our money, Nika. Don't worry, we're oh, So it's a match. It's a match thing. So they donate yeah. to LVR and they match it for charity. Okay. Okay. So also, make, so give lots of money to us and charity by hashtag charity. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, please do that. Hashtag all of it for the next 11 days. Hashtag charity. All right, Mooney, would you like to give any shout outs to any, anyone? Uh, yeah, if any of you guys are on Zolera, hit me up. Let's do some dungies. Do you have a free company or anything you want to shout out to? Um, or no? sure, yeah. Um, <laughs> my free company, uh, Mirai Narrative, we actually just started like up a couple months ago, but there's a good bit of us active in there, and we have a Discord and a small house in the mist, and it's a nice little place to be. So Aww. come on by. It's uh, plot 10 in Ward 1 on Zolera. Oh, you got Ward 1. Yeah. Wow. wow. Look who's wow. special. And it's just, it's just small, but it's it's a really nice oh, plot, actually. Small. Yeah. Uh, but it's like a really nice uh, plot. Like we have our own rock to our like right and then to our left we have like a big yard. It's just like Wow, you have a rock. Yeah, that's, it's our rock. It's interesting. <laughs> we have a market board, so I guess that's a little bit Oh and it's also right in front of the market board. I'm telling you, the tenth plot in the mist is the best. It's so good. But it's a small. But it's small. The best small plot. It's the best small plot. It's a small plot. <laughs> Um, there aren't any videos our line is available. <laughs> you don't have like a like an upstairs or a loft or anything like that. That's in my other my my actual house. I have a loft downstairs. Oh, you have a loft downstairs? Yep, I made with uh, the Zupaton pillow things. Oh, those are fun. Squishy. I don't yeah. know what those are. Well, you, you're the one who does our housing design, and you don't know what all the housing things are. It's, Fail. You know, they, so I did like a spiral staircase up with the pillows floating, and then the pillows, and then I put. Oh, you're layers. talking about still in the game. I thought you were talking about in your real house. Yeah. Oh, no! <laughs> in the game. Her personal oh. house. I legit yeah, in my personal house. Okay, I got it. I'm following this oh. conversation. We're talking about in game house. Not right FC now. house. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, but it's yeah. still a small house. Yeah, that's okay. Literally, I've been watching the iCam look at different parts of our wall for the last. So having a large house really doesn't matter because all you see you is the wall. You know what? That wall is great, and you should be proud that it's large. Wait, why do we small. still have a dragoon mannequin? What? It's not there, is it? No, it's behind the the things. Yeah, they're serving drinks. Oh, Nico. you gave okay. You made them like servers. I get it. Yeah, duh. Okay, I wasn't Gosh. sure. Okay, oh. okay, fine. Like okay, um. <laughs> Mooney, is there, if you want to give out any social media, they can follow you if they're curious, but you don't have to. Um, sure. I actually have a Final Fantasy Instagram. Yes. Give that out. <laughs> so that's just, um, I think it's just Munira.ffxiv. I don't so. think I follow that, actually. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Wow. My, yeah. I thought you guys were friends, Nika. <laughs> we're friends on, like, the other side of and social every, media. Yeah, the I other side of social media. Like anime convention stuff and like Facebook yeah. and that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. We're not even friends in, in game, which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> and we have to do it soon because we're going to be ripped apart. Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't realize the Lara was leaving us. Bye. Strife, anywhere they can follow you? Uh, yeah. Uh, Twitter is uh, StrifeX24. Awesome. Okay. So I think that's going to do it. Remember, you can follow Limerick Radio on Twitter. Uh, don't follow the Instagram, um, Discord, <laughs> and Facebook. You don't um, have access to it. We you? use the Facebook. Um, I, I mean, I probably do if I figure it out. But I only have, I only have space on my phone for one Instagram login at a time. So like, I'm gonna use my personal one. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, you so follow us on Facebook, Twitter, 
limitbreakradio.com. Hopefully this uh, episode makes it to the podcast with somewhat decent editing, especially because the podcast dropped halfway through. I'll have to figure out how to edit that into one thing. And uh, so if you're listening on the podcast, I'm going to give myself a big pat on the back for that one. And thank you for tuning in. Um, we are planning to have an episode monthly for the short foreseeable future. So uh, please keep an eye on our social media because we will be announcing our next episode and it will be sometime after 4.5 drops in January. So please keep an eye on that. Um, otherwise, we are, I think we're going to call it a wrap for today. Didn't get any callers. Maybe next time people step up to the plate. But uh, otherwise, I don't I don't want to steal Nero's outro. We need a new outro. Oh, it's an, there's an outro right there. I, I fixed it. No, not that one. Like, oh. I'm a Nero. Keep listening. Oh. Like, <laughs> like, we need a new tagline. Okay, we'll tag it. I don't have a tagline. Like, for tagline? my co-host, Juxtaposition, and my amazing guests, Munira and Strife, I'm Nika. And I don't have one. I need help. No, no. no. <laughs> I'm Nika, and I need help. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Hi, <laughs> Mika. We're the best. You're the best. I love you for being here. Please don't stop listening. See you next time. Peace. Bye. <laughs>